welcome to the exciting world of the movies. That's right, Kino lovers. It's time to return to the movie graveyard and dig up one of the most exalted horror franchises of all time. That's right. We are, after a six-year hiatus, we are peeling back the layers once again on the one and only Frederick Krueger. Exactly. We're, we're peeling off the fucking skin, if you will. Like It's we already cut face. up looking like a pizza and shit. We're going to peel yeah. off those layers. And fucking... Mm-hmm. We got so much to discuss. We're going to just jump right into it. Um, we're rolling off the Blu-rays here. You guys might be going with all the DVD. Either way, they put some like new fancy New Line logo, which well, I saw these films originally in the theater, and that was not the, the logo. Like They did not have CGI logos back then. So we're just going to go from the very beginning of the actual film. And the, the actual first thing you see before even the credits start, you get a very, would you say, uh, philosophical uh, opening quote here. This Zach. is some fucking deep ass fucking uh, 800,000 IQ shit here. It's beyond 4D chess. So that's where we have it paused the 17 second mark, around the 15, 16, 17 second mark on the Blu ray. I hear police sirens in the background. I wonder if the local police are uh, engaged in a pursuit of a pedophile, Zach. Oh, yeah. They're fucking, they're fine on the pizza gate. We've yeah. already mentioned pizza twice in this episode. That's how it. many times fucking are we in on it? Is this a big um, conspiracy? How how deep does the rabbit go? So we're going to get it rolling here. I'm going to say one, two, three, go. And when you hear me say the word go, please hit play on your remotes. Are you ready, Zach? I am ready, baby. All right. One, two, three, so the quote says sleep those little slices of death how i loathe them edgar Allan poe so before we started the movie we were setting we were setting up and we were doing like fucking like how can we comify this (laughs) fucking how can we camify this quote fucking fucking skeet how i (laughs) like we were talking how i we 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 came out with this great quote and then like we were we got to change the name a little bit and what i what did you say first uh i think those little slices of came how i released them so what did you say for the name first oh uh i can't remember what was it david allen co (laughs) edgar allen co (laughs) If you're going, isn't he the guy who sings? If you're going to be dumb, you gotta be tough. No, he sang another song that was on a Jackass soundtrack. The fucking uh, oh man, I think it was, I think it was uh on Bad Grandpa's soundtrack. Okay, <laughs> we were just laughing. <laughs> hey, you're out. <laughs> that's. I hope that's funny to people besides us. Because... Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, I mean, we'll talk about it as it goes on here, but that's how you know you're you're in for some true Kino with part three of Nightmare on Elm Street when it opens up with a quote like that. Well, look at that, Zsa She's literally smearing cum on newspaper clippings. Why? It is. It is. Hey, that's what it looks like, hot, sticky cum. She's just using that to glue this house together, this little model house she's making during the credits. I always love this opening credits scene. I, I do, too. And the thing that you don't get to see in the movie, but if you're willing to take the time to watch the Dokken music video, you find out she's putting all pictures of Dokken on the back of it. Cool. Fucking, yeah. fuck, what was what was your idea? We, we should start a Dokken cover band, and what would be called? Concrete Cockin'? Yeah. Chad. Yeah. Chad. Fucking, and you think they would take us on tour? Oh, for sure. Fucking hell yes. 
But yeah, did you ever do shit like this? You ever build a model house? Fucking how popsicle sticks and I shit. I did. I bought. I bought this. I had this uh, in high school. I had a thing that I had made it out of popsicle sticks, and you know, there was like this giant box of popsicle sticks, like six hundred of them, and I probably only used like a hundred. So years later, like after I, I graduated high school, this is how devious I was. I started making them again. Oh, yeah. And we made one, and there was a local builder guy who was building a house across the street that we used to make fun of. And the reason we, we had it out for him was he also loaned a, owned a local piece. By the way, this sounds like a completely fake, made-up story. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, like, he also owned a local pizzeria, and he was just, like, was a goofy guy. So we, we, we made a house, and we stuck it, like, over at his house where he was constructing and they had like a for sale sign or under construction sign, like advertising it. And we wrote his name on it. And I can't remember exactly what we wrote, but we like taped pennies to it. And we said like, this is the quality of the houses you build or something. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> and it was right across the street from my house. So I actually saw him go up and find it. I actually got to watch the guy find it and look at it. <laughs> I, I, I guess I should explain that the guy's last name was Penny. So I we taped oh, the penny, said another... Fuck it, I'll say his name. Who cares? Another fine Dave Penny house. It wasn't a malicious prank. It was just a goofy thing. And the guy was so fucking confused when he found it. <laughs> You're literally trolling him just because his last name was Penny. <laughs> we did. <laughs> and for years, so even awesome. after that, for years, even after that, I bought pizzas and stuff from him. So. Well, you should have you should have blared that that song Penny and Me by Hanson. It's Penny and me tonight. Like fucking, just stand outside his window holding it over your head. Holy shit! That's, yeah, I don't know that. I can't remember what exactly year all that happened, but the song might not have been out yet. Let's actually talk about Nightmare on Street Three, though. We're in such goofy moods tonight. We are. It's it's going to be rough, unfortunately, old Street fans. But um, yeah, like I was just. I was all in on the Freddy Krueger franchise as it was happening. I didn't see the first one in theaters for some reason. I think it had like spotty distribution because like New Line got became a much bigger company like off the success of Nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, f- part two onwards, like I was all about that shit and dressing up like Freddy Krueger for Halloween stuff. So like when this movie, by the way, I have a very bizarre story about when I went to see this movie, but we'll tell that later. Um, I- I wish I was fucking concrete cock enough to have seen this movie in theaters. Fucking the the first Freddy movie I saw in theaters was Freddy vs. Jason. Oh, so that's heart. I mean, I know you're much younger than me, but that's very heartbreaking yeah. that you Bobby. couldn't at least get in on some. Uh... Well, I guess there wasn't one for years before that. Before in between New Nightmare and Freddy vs. Jason was like a, probably like a ten year gap. My my experience. With uh, the Freddy movies, is crazy because Freddy Krueger, he was always the creepiest one to me. Yeah. Like he always creeped me out the most. Like fucking the fact that he he killed kids. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about the the fucking the Plato file implications, like yeah. the PizzaGate stuff going on. The, he even looks like a pizza. That that yeah. was the thing, Zach. Is because I you know I just watched part three again. I didn't rewatch one and two before this. Um, I always swore up and down when I was a kid that that the earlier movies they either said or they heavily implied that he he used to molest the kids before he killed them, and then Your like problem. towards the later yeah. ones they just always referred to him as a child killer. Like they kind of cleaned it up. Like wh- what do you remember about that? Fucking, uh, I remember like uh, episodes of Freddy's Nightmares. They definitely called him a plate of oil. 
They definitely called him. Yeah, why maybe, am I saying, maybe the I'm first saying, one where they had that trial for him or whatever the first episode. I'm using the fucking uh, the YouTube lingo. You're not even. You don't have a YouTube. I could just say the word. But fucking Play-Doh is just more yeah. entertaining and fun. Oh, it is. I still. I would still say Play-Doh. Wow. Exactly. But, but yeah, this movie starts out a brand new girl, a brand new Nancy, if you will. You know, um, the new kind of heroine of the tale. And uh, it's played by a huge movie star, uh, Patricia Arquette, before anybody knew who she was. Patricia Arquette, one of the biggest Kino. Uh, obviously, the, the truest Kino she was ever in was uh, fucking Boyhood, or whatever that movie was, where fucking oh, yeah. Richard Linklater... He made it over a period of 20 years. Remember when that came yeah. out and that was the huge selling point? It's like, boyhood. Little Richard Linklater, he made it over a period of 23 years. Fucking everybody told you that. Like, it's a great idea, but like, does anybody remember that movie now? I was going to say, I'm very ashamed um, that I never went to see it. I might own a copy of it somewhere. I could be It wrong. was okay. It was okay, but forgettable. But Where's Patricia it? Arquette, I'm sure she was in a lot of stuff, but the mm-hmm. the the movie that, even though I saw this, I just didn't know who she was at the time, the movie that made me a huge fan that made me start trying to see everything she in was True Romance. Like, I was, like, whatever, how old I was when that mm-hmm. movie came out. Why is Probably. Freddie making her run in pudding? Yeah. It's kind of funny, too, because she's just running in press. She's not taping, like, multiple steps. She's just running up and down, like, in place. That fucking that that's some snack pack shit right there. They just they got a giant snack pack and they put her in there, fucking filmed it. That was how they got that shot. That's what that was, it looked like. Apparently this like, coming up here, this was a, a failed special effect. But mm-hmm. um with the with the, when she looks down in the second shirt, she'll see that the girl's a skeleton. I always thought that was an awesome effect. Like that that little like kid burnt face skull always with the burnt hair on it. Like that always stuck in my mind, but Apparently, mm-hmm. I was reading something. Um, uh, it might be the official Nightmare on the Street book that came out in the like yeah. early '90s, and like, yeah, the guy was like, "Oh, like we didn't get the prop done in time, so we had to like just glue this piece of crap together like ten minutes before we shot it, and it was falling apart." But uh, mm-hmm. just it's kind of funny. There was like a great optical effect there where she showed all these kids hanging from nooses, and like you could tell it was like layered in with old school opticals. Yeah, plugging uh the blue the blue lighting on it yeah. fucking looked like a matte painting very chad it was i like that style effect better than the digital ones now. by the way this always like blew me away like 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 right here i think is when i knew that this elm street one was taking it up a notch from the previous ones was when freddie's hands come out of the uh sink candles and then like exactly. the way the copper bones come out like they're bones for his hands but like yeah it, like it, it looks like plumbing like there's just a it's level cool. of special effects in this movie that they didn't have on the previous ones. And then that fucking shot, I always cringe at that shot because anytime I see somebody, like, the thought of, like, cutting, like, whenever I see, whenever I see people that, are, like, do that, like, those people that have really bad scars, it's just like, fucking, that always just makes me like, oh, man, I can't imagine that. Fucking, and then, yeah, I, I guess they do that. Like, uh, people commit suicide that way because, like, it has less nerve endings or something I found out. Mm. And it's just like, Oh, I, uh, fucking, it makes sense now. But like the guy, uh, even though it's like, oh, you would, you would, it, it would, it would, technically, it wouldn't hurt less than uh, doing it anywhere else. It's just like, no, no, put it there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it makes my skin crawl. It's so weird. <laughs> I, I I think it's funny too because um, I don't know if you remember this, Zach, but like they they would always show people slitting their wrist in movies like that. 
And then I remember when I got to be like maybe in high school or some people were like, that's not how you do it. If you cut it that way, you won't really die that way. Like you really got to cut it like the other direction. And I'm just thinking, mm-hmm. and they would say like, because if you cut it the other way, the vein will just seal back up or something and you won't bleed enough to die. And I'm like, I don't know. Like I think if you cut yourself like that and sat around long enough without going to the hospital or somebody finding you, I think you still would probably bleed out like that. Fuck, exactly. Exactly. Fucking, uh, this is not the kind of thing to think about, fuck, but that's what you, that's where your mind goes when they put you in an insane asylum with a bunch of suicidal kids exactly. uh, for this movie, which is a great idea for the movie. Apparently, uh, that was one of the early remnants of uh, Wes Craven's original script because uh, apparently they originally wanted to go to Wes Craven, like, oh, yeah, come back, make the third movie because he, he didn't like the second one. He thought, oh, it breaks all the rules. Yeah. And then, like, fucking... It does, but I, I enjoy the second one. I like, by the way, I, I know they say that. I love the second one, and they're like, oh, it doesn't, the rules or whatever. It's like, I think when you make a part two, you don't really it's know what the part rules two, are. Yeah. yeah. If it was like part six, I could see the complaining. But like, the thing that, like, and I'm sure I defended on the episode me and Corey did for it a million years ago, but like, the thing that works for me to part two, they're like, oh, he comes in the real world. He can't do that. I'm like, but the story is he's possessing somebody's body. So, like, why couldn't mm-hmm. he transform into Freddy Krueger and kill a bunch of people at a party? You know what I mean? It's a loophole Freddy's yeah. got. And that's one thing I did like about Freddy vs. Jason is that it's like they acknowledged that like fucking Freddy can do that again when he mm-hmm. uh, when he does the caterpillar thing. You almost thought part two wasn't canon or something. It's kind of weird too. Like like it's kind. Of, I think it's interesting too. Like when Freddy kills people in real life. Like, in the first one, like, he's slitting the girl up in the dream, and she's, like, flying up on the ceiling. And then there's, like, other ones where, like, later on when he kills the girl, and we're t- putting her head through the TV, her head actually goes through the TV. But, like, with Kristen, in her dream, Freddy's, like, hands were coming out of the knobs and slitting her wrist. But in real life, she was slitting her own wrist. So, like, I think that's even scarier, like, the ones where, like, he's not even physically doing it to you. Like, mm-hmm. in your mind he is, but you're actually doing it to yourself. You know what I mean? We just saw the introduction of Nancy looking yeah. very Stacy with that gray hair strand. Yeah, by by the way, like I don't know, like like usually usually you know you don't like to go out of your way to comment. Like I've I've heard some people, some fans, some whoever comment on Heather Langenkamp as Nancy not being, I guess, hot enough, sexy enough, whatever, to to play Thank a leading you. role. Like you know what I mean. And I'm low like, T, low T. It's very low T take, even if it was true, but it's not true. Like, you know, she was just more like a young, innocent girl. But this one, she's she's like older in her 20s. And it like, she's got that big 80s hair. She's got that gray streak. She's The way she dresses is very stylish. And she's very power Stacy lead role mm-hmm. in this film, I think. Big fucking Stacy. Big mommy milkies. Oh, for sure. And at the time, me in a pool of white milk, like fucking, and then just like calm everywhere. Oh, absolutely! I'm sweating, like drowning in it. Sweating calm. But um, in between Nightmare on Street One, because she wasn't in Part Two, and then Three, which, which by the way, if I'm not mistaken, I think there was only a three-year gap. Well, actually, less than a three years, because because Part Three came out in like very early '87. Um. She was on a show around that time, or maybe it was like right after this, actually, 
Yeah, it was probably directed, but she was on this sitcom, and nobody remembers it. It was called, like, Just the Ten of Us or something like that. And it was, like, this this family. I remember the guy, the dad was, like, a, a football coach at the school or something. I forget what the mom did, but they just had tons of kids. And it was just, like, this sitcom of, like, tons of kids. It was one of those TGI Friday ones. And Heather Langan came, uh, like, even though she already done these, um, or at least the first one at the very least, like, she played, like, a Catholic schoolgirl. So, so she was, like... 90% of the time she appeared on that show, she was always in a Catholic school uniform, and I was like, I don't know, 12, 13 years old. I thought she was like a giant Stacy. Big Stacy. When you said the name of that sitcom, mm-hmm. Just the Ten of Us, I thought you were going to say Just the Tip, and I was thinking, like, <laughs> fuck it. it was <laughs> and then it's like, oh, it makes sense. Oh, they have like 10 kids? Fucking it, it makes sense. Fucking they could have called it Just the Tip anyway. It would have worked because yeah. you, you never actually follow through. It's a bad idea. But I, I just think Heather Langenkamp was a, a great lead for these. First of all, I always thought her acting was good in these movies, like, you know, especially for how young she was. Um, mm. But I, I thought she actually kind of looked, I don't know, she like she looked real. She looked like a girl that, like, you would have went to, like, high school with, you know what I mean? Hell yeah, hell yeah. Fucking, in the first movie, they actually did, like, play her down to look more like a high school. Now she looks like an adult. Yeah. Now she's big, Stacy. Well, clearly, you know, there was, like, a time jump that, you know, that calendar-wise with the years of the movies. Which, that's another thing. I feel like when they make sequels, for the most part, people, like, like if it's been, like, ten years in between movies, people are like, ten years have passed, and they write it in the story. Where this is obviously, you know like later in time because they refer to her as a grad student and she's going to be an intern at this psychiatric hospital for the kids mm-hmm. but i mean in in the in the original movie she's only 17 or 18 it's like by the time you're a grad student you're well into your 20s so you know mm-hmm. like uh yeah, i think exactly. i think this is probably supposed to take place maybe five six at the most maybe seven years in the future but it was really only three they they did that in those first uh, like fucking they did that with Friday Thirteenth yeah. like part five is taking place fucking when when did that take place uh, this, you know what was funny is I, I never noticed he had that face paint on until watching the Blu-ray and they never like really address it it's weird like yeah I remember somebody just... mentioned like they were watching the movie they're like oh yeah who's the kid that has the face paint on. And I was just like, who? Fucking. And then they're like, yeah, he has face paint on. I was like, I never noticed. Fucking. And yeah, I never noticed until I saw it on Blu ray. Yeah, like we kind of talked over it, but they introduced all the kids at the school. Mm-hmm. Um, let me look at the cast list real, because real, I, I know their real names pretty much. But um... Joey was the boy with the fucking the, the face paint. He was the little three ninja uh, knuckle up uh, really? kid. He was in it. So Ken Sagos. No, in <laughs> no, three days of Knuckle Up, that's how they 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 had war paint because the, they usually had the mask. But in Knuckle Up, the gimmick was they have war paint. Oh, okay, just to get rid of the mask. So yeah, we have Patricia Arquette, which we talked about. She's Kristen. We have Ken Sagos. He plays Kincaid. Uh, Rodney Eastman plays Joey. He's like the kid who can't talk. Kincaid is just like an angry guy. He's just in the hospital because he's angry. Uh, Jen- the okay. Stacy Jennifer Rubin plays Taryn. She's like an ex junkie girl. Uh, Bradley Gregg plays Philip. He's supposed to be suicidal. And then Ira Hyden plays Will. He's like the nerdy guy in the wheelchair. And like, basically, yeah, it's like um, they're all in because of their emotional problems and all that kind of thing. But like, 
I can never really exactly tell, even watching this time. Are they in the hospital because their parents thought they were going crazy because Freddy's after them? Or did Freddy just start getting after them because they're in this particular hospital, if you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I would just... I guess I would just assume it was like, yeah, fucking... Uh, uh, they must be the kids of, you know, the next generation of uh, the, the, the parents that fucking yeah. burned them before... And then, yeah, fucking, uh, we're just, hopefully we're not thinking about it. It's like, how big was the class that year? Fucking, yeah. don't worry. <laughs> don't well, worry about it. Well, also, also too, uh, we shouldn't mention the male lead of this film. Craig, Craig Wasson is very, uh, at this time, was very distinguished in his acting career. He was in the movie Ghost Story, which I loved as a kid. He was also in, um, uh, what do you call it? Body double. Uh, the the oh, great yeah. uh, body double starring Melanie Griffith and Brian, I've, directed by Brian De Palma. I, that's one I haven't seen yet. It's on my to watch list. I think you'll like. I think you'll like it because it's like really kind of like bizarre. Like like it has a really mm. bizarre twist in the storyline. But um, we're, but, we're seeing Patricia Arquette's dream here. This is I always love this about the Nightmare on Elm Street movies here. Also, because, like, yeah, like, how they they mess with the idea. Like, you can never tell if the, when they fall asleep and stuff like right. that. And it's, like, fucking genius. Very genius. Uh, I just want to uh, fucking, I want to have sex uh, with uh, all over. <laughs> all over this crumbling tricycle or what? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I was going to say, but I was like, I can't say it. That's stupid. Don't say that. We're already too goofy this episode. Why are we too goofy? So uh, Patricia Arquette, Kristen, she keeps always, she's always dreaming about going to Freddy's house. That's why she was building the popsicle house. But that, that's one thing that kind of like I get that the that they were playing fast and loose with kind of the continuity and rules and stuff. But like Nancy's house, the this is supposed to be a recreation. It's obviously this is like a fake version on soundstage. But the house that was in the first movie that uh, Nancy lived in end up later on everybody called it Freddy's I think even this how some little ghost kids say oh that's Freddy's house or whatever what mm -hmm. like I heard people say that as a criticism that they made Nancy's house Freddy's house but like it doesn't I don't think that's really like a that bad of a criticism because he technically died there in the first film well I mean he, he was already dead but his ghost got kind of robbed there and then he tried he was haunting that house in part two because that's where he started trying to possess Jesse once jesse moved in there so i never <laughs> saw it as like being an illogical or i never even thought about it yeah like I've, <laughs> I've actually heard lots of people bitch about that over the years believe it or not i'm like no it's like we gotta we got this this is where freddy krueger becomes like star wars here like i couldn't believe this when i saw this like i think in the docking music video and then obviously it was from the movie but i can't believe a nightmare on elm street movie had a, a special effect that that was this big so she's in this 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 uh, room, this dilapidated room, and the walls like start crumbling and breaking apart. There's like a snake in the walls, and then here in a second, like this giant Freddy snake is going to come out of the walls. And like, is this not like an is it just me or is this not an awesome special effect? Like it's so this, good, it's fucking incredible. One of the most memorable scenes from the series altogether. Yeah, and the, I love that shot of him munching up her body her and the fact that they did that practically is mind-blowing because yeah. it looks it almost looks animated in some way just, and 
And then this shot right. of Nancy getting up out of her chair and then falling back in the chair and disappearing. I always thought that, like, we're talking about optical effects back here, people. Like, when people had to, by hand, blend shots together. This is awesome, that effect. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Just, like, the surrealistic kind of way to, to uh, the way they show you them falling. Obviously, she didn't really stand up. She was never standing up. She was just sleeping. But that's the way they kind of reveal yeah. that she's sleeping already. She just falls into the... Uh, into the chair and right at the dream world. Very Chad. Here you get a good look at the giant animatronic Freddy snake. And it's mm-hmm. amazing because it's like when it looks at her and it's like looks at Nancy and he goes, you. Like I always thought that was a great moment. Mm-hmm. Fucking there's a biggity bam. Fucking kicks the door down and then she wakes up. Fucking doesn't know what happened. Fucking got a cut on her hand. Fucking uh, this is a fun movie. Fucking uh, my boy uh, Mac. Mm-hmm. He went back and rewatched all these movies recently. He did not watch these movies a lot growing up, and that's what's so funny is that for me, this was like the the yeah, I was gonna mention like fucking I was too creeped out by Freddy, and so like yeah, I remember like the first time I watched uh, the, any Freddy movie was like fucking well into I think the newest one at the time was uh, New Nightmare, mm-hmm. and uh, fucking. I watched them all in order. I didn't skip any of them, watch any of these out of order. This is the first series I ever did like that because I was old enough to like know better. Fucking, uh, back when I was a fucking dumb, low-T, low-IQ little shit, fucking I didn't know how to read Roman numerals, so I didn't watch the, the Friday the 13th in the right order. Uh-oh. Fucking. Yeah, like... um. I wonder why they went with Roman numeral. That's kind of it, it is visually more cool looking though. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. I don't. You know what I like is like the Roman numerals when like they put them in like the special fonts, like the Halloween three, where they make it all chrome looking and shit. I don't know. I like that. Fucking but, chrome. Uh, Everything's chrome in the future. But I kind of grew attached to like the shittier movies that like would just put like the regular number. Like I missed the way that looked, and and it became even to this day. That's why like they won't do like say Doctor Strange two. It becomes Doctor Strange in this adventure. Like they're so afraid to do that. I miss when sequels actually had the numbers in them. You know what I mean? Exactly. Fucking something awesome about that. Fucking we like. Well, at some point they're gonna come back. It's like we like sitting there watching, binge watching fucking TV show. Like, why wouldn't you bring numbers? But at some point, everything comes back. Well, fucking, uh, I'm excited. Fucking, I like the numbers. I forgot too. There's also a girl in the group who keeps. She keeps putting cigarettes out on her hand to stay awake mm. at night, and she her dream is to become an actress. But um... they. They they're going they're doing all the taboos fucking uh, they're they're not pulling any punches with the fucking mental uh, illness in the movie and the yeah these are some troubled kids fucking uh, burning yourself mutilation fucking she she's a drug addict or ex drug addict what about him the fucking bootleg Corey Feldman that was like technically a more official Corey Feldman than the real kid yeah so his thing is just that. His parents or whoever thinks he's suicidal, they think he'll. That's why when he does his little puppets, we should say he makes little marionettes, but he can't carve them out of wood because they're afraid he'll slit his wrist. But yeah. he's he really doesn't seem like really like I don't know. He doesn't have like a real problem. Actually, none of them really have real problems except for Taryn with her drug uh, dependency. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 
basically, well, they did. They brought that up. They're like, oh, yeah, they don't want to give me a knife because I'll slip my wrist. That was a, a moment where it was, uh, he, he makes a joke and Nancy kind of laughs, but it's kind of setting the tone that this is like fucking, this is a sad place. And like, one thing is like, yeah, this movie could have really came off as depressing, but it does like, fucking, they, it has a campy feel to it, like all the yeah. acting and everything. So it kind of, it worried. It feels a lot like a Friday the 13th movie. Uh, that's probably why this is when Freddy started becoming more comical. It just kind of the movie itself almost took a more comedic tone. Yeah, it's kind of funny too because it's like I remember this movie at the time is like because you know the Elm Street movies the the budgets at the time kept getting a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger, and like this one obviously has like the biggest set pieces and effects and stuff. And I remember at the time of this one seeming like super, you know, because they become the Dream Warriors in the third act. And I remember this one feeling like super like comic booky like in a good way like really over the top and fun but when you watch it now like when i was watching this literally the other night zach i'm just like this is like a straight up drama for the first 40 minutes you know what i mean like with little cameos by freddy krueger because it's like they really get into like like they don't shy away and i think i think the reason it feels like that is you had wes craven who he didn't want it to become a franchise that's why he just stayed far away from two then he's like oh they're going to do it anyway and for some reason they suckered him in to come in and you know co-write this one uh that they kind of sold him on the idea that this would be the last one and that's why he participated and then this one made so much money they're like no (laughs) like you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's going to keep going but um so so yeah so they 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 got him and I don't know if he's credit or not credit but I know it's like I actually his credit but the screenplay is by Wes Craven Bruce Wagner Frank Darabont and Chuck Rice Chuck Russell so and Chuck Russell is a pretty good director too in his own right but like just think like we have a Nightmare on Elm Street sequel that's co-written by Wes Craven and Frank Darabont, like, the dude who would, like, go on to make Green Mile and all that kind of shit. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. and, you know, Shawshank Redemption. So it's just, like, this movie, even at the time, like, had a pedigree. And, um... Yeah. If I if I remember right, the reason Wes Craven's name is, <clears throat> is there is because, uh, basically, he came up with the idea for it to take place in the mental institution. So, like, because most of the movie, like, that's the main idea... He still got it, but like it is mostly rewritten. Apparently, his original script was like really dark. Like he went even darker with mm-hmm. Freddy. Like had him like fucking doing all kinds of this crazy shit. I fucking I, I forgot some of the stuff I remember hearing. But like I always wanted to go back and read that. Like they they needed like fucking make novelizations or something out of those. Fucking the I'd, I'd go back and read what could have been uh, the Wes Craven. That would cut. be awesome. He, with his draft of the screenplay, he went full Abe Snake. Hell yeah, it's fucking the, the West Craven circumcision, if you know what I mean. Exactly. I, I, like, I don't know, like, it's just, it's just weird, because it's like, um, I just like this movie. Like, I've always loved this movie. Like, this is what I'm, like, I mean, I don't know what I'd rank it, number 10, number 15, whatever. But, like, this is just one of my favorite movies of all time, along with the original. Like, really the first three and then, like, four through six, I still went and saw them. I still enjoyed them. But, like, to me, the first three are, like, classics of this series. But just, like, rewatching it again, there's so much imagination. Like, there's so much shit that blew me away and it still blows me away. Like, when I was a kid, I went nuts for this scene here, Zach, where the, the you see the, the Clay Marinette thing, like, mm-hmm. with, with, like, kind of time lapse turned into, like, the Freddy Krueger. Like, it's so fucking Shit. awesome. And then, like, the way, it, like, you know 
the fingers come out of the hands. That's another thing too is I always liked it. They did it in part two as well. Like I always liked like the nightmare visions where like Freddy just grows the knives out of his like actual fingers. I thought that was cool. Fucking the fact that they never. Oh man, I always forget about that when he's when he's he, he grows big. up. Yeah, yeah, like fucking really cool. This 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 is one of those movies where every effect is like holds up unless it's yeah. like a digital effect. Yeah. Like so if it's if it's one of the uh like the cartoon movie, ones. Yeah. Like fucking for whatever the early CGI or however they did that. I don't know what that would be. But yeah, I always remember this kill oh. where he like he fucking slits his wrists and pulls his uh veins out or whatever they are yeah, arteries. Yeah. Like the, like that the whole imagination of the sequence. This was my favorite sequence of the movie when i first saw it like the like it just seems so gruesome the way you're actually seeing this kid's veins being used like marionette strings and the makeup's good coming out of his arms and legs for it fucking it's very good looking very shit i remember i was like uh if you remember the beginning of uh freddy vs jason shows this shot right there and i was just like oh man i love seeing that on the big screen I, i i just wanted to fuck those wounds in his hand just fucking rub my cock in there. That's how much you love that special effect. See, stuff like that, I wish, like, maybe, maybe like, take stuff like that. Let's make it a little consistent. Like, I would have, even though it's a cool, it's a way to explain, like, oh, that's how he snuck out through it. I would have left that out. Like, he just, where he just dissolves through the door. Yeah, like, and that's like, it was like, okay, how much does, how much magic does Freddy actually have where he can, like, make somebody just walk through a door you know what i mean mm-hmm. but it's like i don't even think you really needed that shot because we, we could just assume that he sleepwalked and like everything wasn't quite as locked up as it was and he was just able to open doors in his sleep to get up there you know what i mean and the, the shot itself looked very odd with the green screen i would have just taken it out <laughs> i'll just take it out yeah <laughs> i wonder if they originally took it out and like somebody somebody had new line like robert shea he's like fucking these fucking test audience kids are like, how the fuck did he get on the roof? How the fuck did he get there? We gotta go shoot another scene. I'm sorry, Chuck. Well, like, it was very odd that this movie came out at the time in, like, February, because that was, like, a time where you didn't really bring out a lot of big-name movies. So, like, with these, I think it's really, like, they just made them as quick as they could, and as soon as it was done... And I know some of the later ones, like, 4 and 5, they just picked a release date. Like, oh, yeah. is Freddy see-through because he's a ghost or just because the green screen isn't good? I could never tell, like, well, can, when it shows yeah, why is he see-through? I never really thought about that. Yeah. But, why, um, why is he transparent? Why can't we see the stars behind him? It's actually cooler looking that way, but it's like, yeah. Is it just because he's not really there or, like, what? But, but just, like, the imagination of showing him giant up in the sky like that. Like, that's why this movie, you know, like... It really, you know, to me, the first one will always be the best one, but I think this one came really close in terms of, like, it spent a lot of time on establishing the characters and the drama and the reality of the situation. These kids are trapped in this, like, basically asylum, and, like, they're just going to get picked off one by one. Which, by the way, by the way, they totally remade this movie with that new Mutants movie, that comic book movie a couple years ago. Did you see that one? I remember people were talking about how it's basically a remake of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I never saw it, though. It's a decent movie. Like, I know you're not in the whole comic book thing, but, like, if you were to watch one, I think that one would be probably more worth your while than the other ones. But, Mm -hmm. um... If you were going to hang out with any one of these kids, who would it be? Oh, probably Joey. 
Fucking hell yes. The first the first thing we we thought about was probably like, oh yeah, which one's the hottest? But then it's like, oh yeah, they're in high school. And then it's like, well, fucking Joey, he's probably cool. Fucking uh, the nerdy kid's probably cool too. Yeah, the nerdy guy's cool. He plays Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I was gonna say yeah, because you said they're in high school. Like yeah, when I was young, I would want to hang out with Patricia Arquette, but. I mean now, like you know, just to hang out, like, like yeah, I would I would hang out with Joey just so he we could watch him put little tears on his face and he wouldn't really oh, yeah. bother you. But yeah, the nerdy Morgan. kid too. Probably Kincaid would be the best because you could you could tell Kincaid would probably just like to sit around and drink and get high, and because he's like a real smart ass. Like I liked yeah. when uh, Philip slept 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 walk out of the room. He's like, have a nice stroll, asshole. Hell yeah! His voice is so fucking Chad. That's the pinnacle Chad voice. People yeah, I, fucking, I think they got it all wrong. I think that's why uh, Ken Sagos got um, casted all the time because he looks like a kind of like a tough. He's kind of like a stocky guy, you know. Mm. He's almost like physically, he's almost like a ice cube uh, type of guy, body type wise. But he's got that voice where he's just like, uh, like I love love later in the movie where he's like, "Freddy, you burn face, oh. pussy." Fucking Chad. Where you at, Fucking Kruger? What a king. What a king. I would literally kill to sound like that. I know. I know. But, uh, yeah, like, it's just like, I know we're just kind of like breezing through and topping, talking tangentially, but just everything about this, like I realized, you know, because I watched this over and over and like in the late 90s before DVD had came around, I, I went and like Kmart bought like those those little cheap versions of like 999 versions of like the first three movies so i watched these first three over and over even like years after they had come out that and, green um, outfit was very stacy on our girl there it was it was but i just oh, like everything not... about this movie like to me it almost gets better with age because like when i was a kid i liked all the freddy stuff all the horror stuff and now i just love the whole movie like like even the old lady whatever that runs the insane asylum like like mm-hmm. even I like her scenes where she's arguing with Craig Watson all the time about how to treat the kids because he's trying to get them on an experimental drug to keep them from dreaming because like we they're basically just staying up for weeks at a time or as long as they can. Yeah, we haven't even mentioned our boy fucking Morpheus here. Fucking uh, Larry, Lo- Lawrence Fish. I think he was actually still credited. I could be wrong. I think he was actually still credited as Larry Fishburne back then. He's he's the uh, maintenance guy or something mm-hmm. at the hospital and like. Fucking, we're getting to the scene where he says "Welcome to Prime Time," but everybody knows this movie. This is a classic. Yeah. Fucking, she, we're at that scene where she's burning her her hand with a cigarette. But like, fucking, I was I was thinking like, uh, oh yeah, I was gonna mention they're, they're fucking they're watching critters. Amazing. Yeah, like like she's the watching. Which, by the way, remember we talked about that, Zach? On uh, by the way, I keep wanting to call you Trev. I don't know why I keep wanting to say Trev, but uh, <laughs> so if I call you Trev, just roll with it. Um, start talking about X-Men or something. But uh, remember when we did Ninja Turtles? I told you, Zach. Like, remember back then, all New Line movies, no matter how many years after it came out, they always wanted to reference Critters for some reason. You know what I mean? Like, this one, this one makes a little more sense than Ninja Turtles because it's like, you know, just three years maybe after Critters came out. But They secretly knew what their hugest fucking franchise was. They were fucking red-pilled the whole time. 
So there's this there's a sleazy orderly guy who knows Jennifer Rubin used to get high, and they kind of imply that that they used to hook up and have sex at the, you know, like he would whatever go in her room have sex with her at night. But he says, hey, I got the keys to the pharmacy, you know, uh, welcome to Crystal Club Meth or some bullshit. But like I don't know if you know, did you notice this when you're watching the other night, Zach? He has a line that they took out, and his mouth is still moving. It's like the end of the line where he's like, oh, I got the keys to the pharmacy, and then he keeps talking, and she's just looking at him. But they're like, I put the subtitles on, like I went through all the different like audio tracks on the Blu-ray to see like, oh, is it just this audio mix missed that line or something? It wasn't on any of the tracks, so I have no idea what he... Like, his mouth clearly says a whole nother sentence, but they just, like... I guess they wanted to take it out. Like, maybe it was, like, he said something, like, really vulgar that the MPAA didn't... Like, I, I couldn't understand it. It was just weird. I never noticed. I never yeah. noticed. It was really... Like, yeah. What a scumfuck. I know. Uh, what a... Or is he the biggest jet? Like, I don't know. Sometimes it's just like, is that worth joking about? Is that worth joking? <laughs> you, you know what's kind of know. funny about it? I think I think when you watch this movie in 1987, you're supposed to believe he's a well hung Chad, but like now, like yeah, he's the most because he's clearly a guy in his at his youngest late 20s, probably more like he looks like he's in his mid 30s, and he's trying to get this like 17, 18 year old girl to, who's a drug addict, by the way, to get high with him and have sex. So it's like to relapse. Yeah. Fucking like oh like oh you once a once a junkie always a junkie. Fucking what do you say? Yeah. Some some asshole thing, some asshole type beat. That was but, a great moment where she's watching TV, and obviously she's fell asleep, but we we don't quite know that yet. But mm-hmm. where where he she's watching, and I thought I can't believe they got Dick Cavett, who was like a big talk show guy back in the day. They yeah. they're doing like this fake talk show with Dick Cavett interviewing Jaja Gabor, and then all of a sudden Dick Cavett turns into Freddy Krueger, which that's not a bad call because Dick Cavett kind of looks like Freddy Krueger before he got burned up. Is his name Dick Havoc? It could be, but or I think Dick. that isn't that the singer for AFI, Dick Havoc. <laughs> <laughs> this is like Danny Havoc or something. Yeah. Davy Havoc. Davy. Yeah. So yeah, here here we have it. Another mind blowing effect of the arms come out of the TV, grab her, and then Freddie's head comes out of the TV, and it, and it always like creep me out, like how the antenna ears are moving on top of Freddie's head. Yeah, it is weird looking. Yeah. And obviously, you can kind of tell, but it's cut really good that it's a combination of you know a close up of Robert England as Freddie, and then also like a dummy head and stuff. But, like, I always thought that was brutal as fuck when I saw it, that he rams her head into the TV. Because, like, back then, like, you know, I never, like, broke a TV or really kicked a TV. But just when, you as a kid, when you just, you would, like, knock on the screen of your TV like that, like, that shit was some thick-ass glass. Exactly. And if you were ever moving that shit and you dropped it, fucking, you better hope your toe wasn't underneath there. Oh, you yeah. were fucking, you were crippled. Fucking, uh, it might even destroy your fucking floor. <laughs> <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> the, yeah, that shit was heavy. As, uh, it, it's so crazy. Like, yeah, we don't even have, like, some people will never know that. That's so yeah. funny. Like, so they just never experience it. So, yeah, so, so here we have the, the, and these are good scenes too at the graveyard, the cemetery where they're doing the, I think that girl, the, the girl got her head through the TV. I think her character name was Jennifer. Um, yeah, he's mm-hmm. at the he's at the funeral, and then he starts talking to this nun that he's seen around the psychiatric hospital campus, and then like this nun is like obviously like you know they play it up too with the creepy music that there's something off about her, 
But, like, even these scenes, it's, like, I don't know. Like, to me, like, everything, like, the acting, everything is, like, a notch above in this uh, in this movie of what you would not only get in a horror movie now, but especially what you got in horror movies back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, lucky of them to have the foresight to be, like, fucking, okay, we did uh, the first movie, we did the second movie. Uh, we want to make a franchise. And uh, clearly they were like fucking... Uh, I noticed that it got darker. The film did. Is this going to do a dissolve? Yeah, this is... Dissolve. I noticed that too. Like, it gets really bad quality for a second. You're like, oh, how, why did the print get bad? It's like, oh, it's... Because watch oh, this. Boy, when they boy, come boy. out of the dissolve, this scene is pretty fuzzy too. And then they're going to cut to a, a close-up of, I think, him touching the doll. And all of a sudden the film will get like way clearer looking again. Like, see, it, it, all of a sudden... It, isn't it so fucking awesome that see we we're kino heads enough that we fucking we know yeah. the tricks coming before they happen? People nowadays they'll never do that. They'll never know that. Which which by the way, if I ever do make another terrible movie again, which I don't know at this point if I will or not, but if I do, I want to put in every old school kino trick like that. I want to do everything I can to make it look like film, and then like on the opening credits, it's going to be like way shittier quality, and then around every dissolve, the connecting shots will be that blurry quality like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh oh yeah. I was gonna. Uh, I was talking about. I was just gonna mention the fucking. That was lucky that they let, basically this this movie starts a, a new trilogy, the dream, because uh, they all the titles match. It's kind of a cool little motif they had going like fucking the dream warrior trilogy or whatever you want to call it with fucking dream warriors and then the fucking uh, dream master fucking dream child mm-hmm. we can all just forget dream child exists nobody gives a fuck or what do you think about dream child do you think it's the worst I, I mean maybe in a way but like it's weird too because like dream child like at least there's some visuals, like there's some like kind of weird gothic visuals that Stephen Hopkins, who directed Part Five, tried to put. I think in a lot of ways, even though I like it, I think in a lot of ways it's like a toss up. You kind of got to pick your poison between what's the worst. I mean, personally for me, Zach, and I know I'm like in the minority. For me, by far the worst is Freddy vs. Jason. But if you're talking the original series, I would say, it, yeah, it's a toss up between five and six. And like, we'll talk about it as it goes on, but like. I think starting in part five, that's when Freddy's makeup started getting really low quality, personally. But Where it looks like a fucking uh, a mask he got at Sears or something. Well, it just looks like... It kind of started in this film, actually. Like, my favorite Freddy look... Because you don't see him that good in part one. And, like, he kind of looks different in different lighting. In part two, you start seeing him real good. And he looks very sinewy and wet and, like, goopy oh, looking. Yeah. And this one, like, this is the first one where his makeup starts looking dry... But it's still good. Yeah. It's, it still looks like a burn effect. Like, by the time you get to, like, five and especially six, it's, like, this weird thing where, like, he has regular skin that's just been split open. And I never understood, like, that. It's like, no, he's a burn victim. And, like, it's not like he would ever heal up or have anything resembling normal skin again. It's just, like, I never understood, like, the split skin look. He's supposed to look burned yeah. all over. I always love that in part two also. Like, when he's like, help me, Lisa. Like, the way, yeah. like... It, I always thought of it like as if his skin is like when you get a scab, like mm-hmm. before it like actually becomes a scab, it gets all gooey. Yeah, like his skin is just like that, and it's always it always grossed me out. Well, I, I remember my 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 dad too at the time as we were going to see these as it came out. He 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 made this observation. I think it's true. 
is you got to put like Vaseline or something wet on it to make it look wet because if you let it look dry, then it does start looking like rubber. And like, mm-hmm. as much as I like Freddy and his look, even in this movie, there are some certain shots where they get him in really good lighting where his face almost looks like it's made out of clay because it's just pure latex. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Fucking. They, they were not keynote-pilled enough to know or see these problems. We would, if we could only have been there, we would have known. We would have told him. We would have told him like, "Fucking, you're making it too long and obvious." That shot, fucking, when the dissolve is coming, we're just waiting for it at this point. Fucking, they just, they didn't know. Yeah, like, like I have no idea, because um, you know, spoiler alert. I mean, if you're listening to this commentary, you know, you've got to have seen this before because they killed Nancy off in this one. I always bad thought, idea. yeah, that's a bad idea. I like I was pretty because like yeah, like they just. And probably, too, because Heather Langenkamp was probably, not that she was a huge star or anything, but just in order to get somebody to keep coming back, you probably got to pay them a little more each time. And they just wanted all these unknown actors. Because they couldn't even get Patricia Arquette back for part four. They have a different girl playing her uh, in part four. <laughs> What's so funny is as a kid, I never noticed that yeah. that was even... I, it's not that I didn't notice that they changed the girl. I didn't notice that was supposed to be the same girl. I thought it exactly. was just a different character. <laughs> exactly. That, that, that's the same thing. I thought it was a whole new character. And it wasn't until later till like I was like owning the films and watching them back then. I was like, oh, shit. Like, they recast her, you know? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but I I always thought it was a mistake, too, at least for the not the continuity or whatever. Like they, they, Even for a cameo, they never got Craig Wasson back. Because it's like, you know, all these things are supposed to take place in the same town. And it's like, he's one of the few actual adults who's kind of clued into what's going on. That the kids are getting killed in their dreams. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Yeah, he just disappears completely. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. I mean, because he survives this movie clearly. But it's just yeah. like, yeah. Or is that supposed to be him at the very end where they sequel bait? Because it just shows <laughs> some random person sleeping in the house. Like, no, yeah, that's out. him. That's him, yeah. Why is he back there? Why is he sleeping next to it? It's it's just so they can show the house light up, like, oh, Freddy's not really dead. You know what I mean? There's no way he would have kept that. <laughs> yeah, that was really odd that he would he would have <laughs> kept that because okay. he also he also has Nancy's dream doll, and it's just like, why would you keep something that's haunted? So we got to talk. I guess I guess it may like, oh, it's just a fucking little house. like yeah i guess yeah. but it's a dream world i would well, you know the house has to be haunted the fucking fake house it looks like the killer's well, the, house. the house that he's sleeping in too if you notice and we'll see i'll point it out when it comes up but like it's got like christmas lights on the front of it. i was like is this a random shot at the last minute they stole from some other movie like it's very bizarre oh yeah i noticed too while watching it getting ready for this that the, the uh, well, I, I've always noticed it, but it, it, like it's so weird and uh, odd when it shows up is whenever like there's like three scenes in the movie where they don't do the pitch shift thing to mm-hmm. Freddie's voice. Yeah, it's they, it's weird. Like sometimes his voice has an effect on it, and sometimes it's just Robert England. Yeah, he's just doing the high pitched Robert England Freddie voice. Yeah. Or or did they do it on purpose because they wanted it to like oh yeah he's doing a lot of MTV promos we gotta fucking <laughs> the kid has to hear the kids have to hear his cool guy Freddie voice his clear he's, enunciation <laughs> when he's shilling the products for one because there was like a, a number you could call back in the day one eight hundred Freddie some bullshit I remember that yeah so th- so this scene they're doing a group therapy and like you know just like how Freddie has powers in the dreams you know they established that uh. Kristen, when she was little, she could pull people into her dreams when she had nightmares. So they're trying to develop her power 
And she's Isn't that the, funny that we're just now mentioning that plot I, point? I know, and we're like so deep into it. But, uh, <laughs> but everybody knows, everybody knows. But so they do this like hypnotism to, for everybody to fall asleep, and they go, oh, it didn't work. And they, they're like, okay, let's take a break. And Joey follows the hot nurse out into a, a bedroom, and she's like, oh, Joey. Like, who clearly she's like 30 years old. She's like a rocking hot lady. And she wants to have sex with this like emotionally stunted 17 year old boy that like can't even talk. So you know something's up. But the rest of the Dream Warriors in the group, they're like, she they realize... She be a teacher. <laughs> she would be now. She wouldn't be yeah. a nurse. She would go straight into teaching nowadays, yeah. So it's oh. funny, but, like, they're going around the room, and they're like, what are... Okay, now that now that you're in the Dream, what's your special powers? And, like, Kristen is, like, a world-class gymnast. Um, the guy in the wheelchair can walk again, and he has magic powers. Uh, Taryn is, like, a badass, almost, like, Marvel Comics character. And then, like, unfortunately, Joey walked out of the room, but if he would have stayed in there, they would have been like, Joey, what's your special power in your dream? And he would have finally talked to you and said, in my dreams, I can fuck nurses. <laughs> exactly. And then this would have happened anyway. And then she would have just walked by and said, Joey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I sent you some research about this scene. In this scene, uh, we're talking about the nurses <laughs> getting naked, showing her breast. And, her, and she's wearing a thong as a nurse, too. And she's making out with Joey. And then all of a sudden, she has a long tongue. So we kind of, like, even the first time I ever saw this as a kid, I was like, wait, this isn't really happening. This is a dream, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So it's like in this, in the final version of the movie, I had, like, a Mandela effect with this because I sent you those pictures, Zach, is I had, like, the Fangoria that, that came out. So originally, this, was, this woman was going to turn into Freddy. And they had the woman made up with her bare breasts. And she had a Freddy Krueger face. And it was, like, a really you know kind of like beautifully and grotesque thing and they put a picture of it not the bare breast but the rest of it they put a picture of it that looked like more like an actual still from the movie in fangoria so like i you know and after i had seen the movie like i i kept reading reading that magazine a billion times so i had that mandela effect that the female freddy was still in the sequence but then when you watch the movie you're like oh no and i looked it up and found the behind the scenes pictures and they're like you know, originally it was going to be Freddy with bare breasts, but we thought it was too silly, so we took it out. I think that's probably the most low-T filmmaking decision I've ever seen in history exactly. of Kino. They hired a female uh, actress to fucking do all the Freddy makeup, and then, like, there's a picture of the onset where Freddy and Robert England and the, the Freddy chick were hanging out, vibing, their titties mm-hmm. out, fucking taking pictures. Yeah. Fucking so Chad, and we, we theorized, like... Do you think Robert England tried to like, hey, we'll never get to do this again. What if we have sex? Because it would technically yeah. be like I'm fucking a clone of myself that has <laughs> exactly. a pussy and titties, and I've always wanted to do that. And plus, if I'm fucking a clone of myself, it's just masturbation. So it's exactly. not even cheating. It's it's not even cheating, yeah. What a fucking shit that had to have happened. From the picture, it looked like it happened, too. What was cool, too, was that picture they took together. Like, they were both in character in the picture. Like, they were both, like, snarling and shit. I don't even know if he was married. Would he have even been cheating? Uh, oh, sure. I mean, she, she would have, at least on her boyfriend. But, like, yeah, Crazy. like... Like, I don't know. Like, I think that was a very big missed opportunity because that just would have been another nightmarish level of Freddy. Because I think it's actually more corny just to have the tongues flying out of her mouth. Like, she shoots all these big tongues and they strap Joey to the bed and the bottom of the bed falls out and there's hell underneath. Like, I, that was another, like, effect I thought was amazing at the time. What if Freddy went even further? What if Freddy, like, started blowing Joey? 
Yeah. Like fucking like made his tongue go up his urethra, fucking <laughs> drain his balls before like he just starts like oh oh he just start, starts yelling. We, we actually and, talked about that on um on the last uh, Friday the thirteenth commentary me and Trev did. We were talking about um, the controversy that uh, Michael Myers got accused of gay bashing in the latest Halloween mm-hmm. film. And we were mm-hmm. saying, what, like, one character that would kill you, no matter if you're a gay, straight, bi, or whatever, would be Freddy. Because, like, he doesn't care. Like, like because we were talking about, like, yeah. guys like Michael Myers and Jason, like, they they don't have real cognitive abilities. Like, they don't even know who a gay person is. So, like, when they kill mm-hmm. a gay person, they don't even, they, they're just killing a person, period. But Freddy, he knows if you're gay or bi. And I, I theorize that Freddy would turn into, like, the hottest guy in your school and have sex with you all the way. Like, pretty mm. much until you would come, and then right as you come, he would slit your throat. He would turn into Freddy and slit your throat. Fucking savage. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. Technically, they're not suffering at all, though. They die at the at the fucking pinnacle of life. But, like, I, I remember, like, I listened to that commentary. I liked it. It was fun. I remember uh, <laughs> I was I was thinking when you guys brought that up, I was like, fucking, that, that's how you know they could never make uh, Freddy come back because, yeah. like, fucking... He could ne- They wouldn't. He's too mean spirited. Fucking. Yeah. We can't have him. Uh, uh, fucking. Uh, you know. Uh, picking on the gay kid. But then I realized, what if they just rewrite it so Freddie is gay? The first gay fucking movie slasher. And they fucking. You know what they could do? It's so simple. They just take a sweater and put the rainbow colors there. <laughs> you know, it's fun. It's funny you say that. But I was actually wondering today. I was like. Even the even this original version of Freddy, is it possible that maybe Freddy was a member of the LGBTQIA plus community? Because whenever he like gets in the face of of like the young females that he stalks, like he's always like playing around, sticking his tongue in their ears and doing all this shit and taunting them. But he's like he's never actually turned on while he does it. He just does it as a taunt. You know what I mean? What if he's just asexual? Yeah, I think that's probably more likely. But no, like like going back to the sequence with the female Freddy, and then I'll finally let that die. I thought the 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 version of the scene that I would do is like you show Joey like he kisses the the woman, and then he goes down, and you show like him like sucking on her breast, and then like you know, and, and like after he's doing it for a few seconds, like he looks up to be like, "Hey, you're liking this, right?" And then that's where it, the face is Freddy. I think that would be an awesome scare. Fucking hell yeah. And we just see him down there like the scene from fucking me, myself, and Irene. When he's sucking on that fake teddy. Yeah. Fucking the, the baby scene. Well, what you do know, you... I, the, I was thinking that could totally work too because, like, fucking the, 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 the irony is, is like a lot of the fans would be mad if fucking Freddy was gay and he was wearing oh, a yeah. rainbow flag because it'd be like, this is rainbow capitalism, but fucking at least it still wouldn't be considered as gay as Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Yeah. Which, which I've, I've always argued that Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is not gay because he's... I, I never, I never the, thought it was either. I never really well, did. the thing is, I remember me and Trev got into a nasty debate on this online over Facebook. And he, and he was saying, oh, the subtext is, is the gay subject matter. And I was like, no, you can't have subtext. And like I think he didn't think I understood what subtext was, but I was like, no. But it's like, here's the thing, though. You can't have subtext. It's one thing if, like say, like you're making a movie about a couple guys that are like out in the wilderness building a house and then like they never actually 
like have sex, but the underlying tension is that they have a gay relationship. Like, you know, it's like, hey, we're here building this house, but the subtext is that we're actually falling in love. Like, that's one thing. But my point was you can't have a subtext that directly contradicts the actual text of the movie. So the whole reason that uh, Jesse is able to defeat Freddy in part two is it's the love for him and the girl. I think her name was Kim or something. It's it's the whole reason his soul was saved from Freddy is that the love that this this young boy and this girl, and I understand that the actor in real life was gay, but that has nothing to do with the story of the movie because you could recast it a million times and the story would be the same. It's like how can you have gay subtext when the text of the movie is saying no? He actually completely undo you know undevotedly loves this woman. Like it, that doesn't work for me. You know what I mean? Exactly, fucking it just undoes it. But that, in a way, it's kind of the same way they in the first one, where fucking she takes away the strength from Freddy and walks out, and then yeah. he immediately, immediately ends with him, fucking getting revenge. Fucking Robert Shea, fucking he, he kind of like fucked up the logic of it. To me, like the original Nightmare on Elm Street is like, oh yeah, it's kind of like. It's really close to being like a perfect fucking like monster movie, but then it kind of like the ending just kind of like fucking falls on its face. Yeah. Fucking, uh, yeah, like, uh. When Freddy's skeleton dissolves into a bed. (laughs) He's like, the the whole logic of that is so weird. He gets on the mom. He's in the real world now, but he gets on the mom and she she turns into the dream, like, and and descends into the bed. It's so weird. Like, (laughs) they set up the logic and then they still kind of break it to make it visually interesting, maybe. Yeah. I think, too, they just didn't know how to... I think it's conceptually, it's a good ending. It's just kind of Mm -hmm. like a little weird how the boy... But I guess we should say, too, this is also the major plot point, and it gets carried out throughout that, you know, the rest of the Dream Trilogy, as you say, is this is where uh, Craig Watson, he's been fired from the hospital, he's leaving, he sees uh, the nun up in the tower, he's like, I gotta talk to her, like, there's something mysterious going on. Oh, here's here's a great exorcist homage, where Freddy says, come get him, bitch, like, he he cuts it into... Uh, Joey's uh, stomach. I always thought that was a cool uh, thing. But anyway, Craig Watson runs up into the tower and he talks to the nun and she explains that like, oh, there's this young nun here in the 40s, Amanda Kruger, and she got locked in this wing of the hospital over Christmas break and she got raped hundreds of times by the inmates and her child was Freddy. So that's, so in this film, that's where the whole uh, bastard son of a hundred maniac started and then eventually it gets blown up into the sequels to everybody says the bastard son of a thousand maniacs so that exactly. so like i never really put all the dots together uh, zach but this was the the time where i'm like well they're actually in like like i understand it's a close off wing of the hospital but they're in the actual hospital where freddie was conceived like through mm-hmm. through this multiple like mass rape so that's why i was kind of like kind of like how he, he he you know in part two he hung around nancy's house and then haunted the kid that moved in next i thought maybe he's just haunting the kids in this hospital because that's close to where he was like conceived you know what i mean exactly and uh, uh fucking he is a fellow came ganger like his yeah. uh semen was uh, a mixture of uh multiple men that's fucking uh that only happens every one uh, they used to say that was impossible but it happens every once in a while fucking there is only a handful known to man well yeah like like wasn't there a um a big debate in science that you could not have multiple fathers, but it turned out to be true. And the film that uh, proved it 
was uh, that movie Twins with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger when they said that you know that they were made out of a sperm milkshake. Remember that? Yeah, the sperm milkshake. They were actually gonna do a sequel, but fucking uh, Big came came and fucking shut it down because they didn't want it to come out. And we actually fucking we should probably let them know that there's actually like a dollar store knockoff version called Little Semen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That fucks with us sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they fuck with us sometimes. Too. Little fuck them. Well, the the thing the thing that's really dastardly is that little semen pretends to be like almost like the craft beer of the semen world. Like they they claim to be independent, they claim to be original, and all this. They're just all they do is steal our ideas and then do knockoffs. Think of it like Little Caesars, basically. It's yeah. just bootleg Pizza Hut. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Target. Those motherfuckers. This movie, I tell you what though, because like I was like watching this and I was like the other night and I was like, man, like even more than I remember. And it's weird too how like I've seen this movie probably thirty times over the years. Used to you know saw it in the theater. Used to watch it on cable. Owned the VHS. Mm-hmm. Then I owned the DVDs. And then you know then I owned the Blu-rays. And I watched it multiple times on each format. But it's like every time you watch something, like the older you get, it's like the more you pick up on shit. And I was mm-hmm. like, the first half, I'm like, wow, this is really like, you know, not slow in a bad way, but it it was it was taking its time and setting up all the characters and all that. But then it starts killing them off pretty quick, and like before you know it, we're like we're barely at the hour mark here, and like we're going into like really the third act here. I mean, it's like a 96 minute movie, but but as much as it sets up, like it sets up all the characters, all the kids, it sets up Nancy's back, it sets up this new doctor guy. Um, it sets up that there was the, you know, they come up with the backstory of Freddy and like all that is like out of the way within an hour, uh, you know, like tidy storytelling to where like pretty much the last half hour here, it's pretty much an action finale. Like when I was watching this other night, I, I hit the display button. I was like, how much time is left? It feels like the movie's wrapping up. Cause I always remember this part where they go to find John Saxon as being like the end of the movie, but I'm like, Oh, we still got a ways to go. Like. I don't know, like, this movie is just, it's really tight to me, uh, you know, it's like, when you watch it, it, it kind of has, like, the classic film feel, like, it does it. it's not chopped a bit, like, the editing's not too fast, but it is actually, storyline, at least, why it's moving pretty fast. They're kind of playing up on the whole redemption thing, too, because they've mentioned the fucking, like, oh, after the events of the first one, uh, uh, you know, Freddie killed their, uh, uh, Nancy's mom. And then they kind of fucking her and her dad kind of drifted apart, and he's fucking hanging out at the bar and shit. And then like now she's showing up, fucking. And then he gets the the whole redemption arc coming up, where it's like fucking, we gotta go, cause they find out that they can uh, fucking kill Freddy once and for all if they uh, bury him on uh, what is it, fucking concentrated ground? Whatever. Well, no, like, the nun says hallowed ground. So I thought that they that that meant that if they bury him like in a cemetery that's like kind of protected by God. But because, you know, I mean, his skeleton, you know, hashtag spoiler, his skeleton comes comes alive, like, and starts killing them. They have to just hurry up and bury him real quick. So I think that's kind of why he didn't stay dead and he popped back up in part four. But, um. Fucking hell, yeah. But, but, yeah. but even the, this, even this, like, you know, this kind of, like, whatever bare box set blu-ray version like the cinematography is really good in this movie like this this actually looks at least to me it looks very similar to the a-list picture which by the way this was only like a four million dollar budget but mm. visually it looks like much bigger and much more serious of the movie so like that's what i was going to ask you like did, like it really kind of surprised me because yeah there's all the crazy freddy shit but just as a movie like this time you watched it zach like how did you like how would you grade it just as like an actual film 
I've still, it's a big fucking, uh, I st- it's still one of my favorites in the series. Fucking, it's still a big like, baby. Fucking, I don't know. I, fucking, I don't know if I, uh, is this a movie that, uh, I, it's so hard to pick the favorite. Because uh, yeah. sometimes I want to say three, and sometimes I say two. Fucking, it, it's always a mix up between those two for me. Yeah. What about you? It's really hard. Like it's really hard. But like, I think I think my favorite, like, is probably like the first one because it it, it just everything seems so original and fresh at the time. It's like I I kind of whenever I think of this, I always like almost disregard the first one because I'm like a oh, fucking of course. Uh, so yeah, if, including the first one, it's like that's high too. Fucking, it's so hard to pick. Yeah. But I think this one might actually be the best made film overall because to me, and I even felt it as like a whatever, you know, 12 year old kid at the time. Like I could, I could feel like part four onwards were slipping in terms of like, they weren't serious films anymore, if that made sense. Like Mm. they were like MTV films. Yeah. That's what they felt like. And I still loved them. I still could, could not wait for the next one to come out and all that kind of shit. But like yeah, like like to me this is kinda like this part three is like kind of the height. Like I think I think this is the best just made film in general. Cause like I mean, think about the cast. You have Larry Fishburne who's a real actor. Like I know the original had, you know, John Saxon and everything, but like you have Craig This Watson. one has John Saxon. Yeah, this one has John <laughs> Saxon as well. But it's just kinda like this one is just more of a like a well rounded, like serious film, I think. As, as as outrageous as that says in a movie where a girl's getting her head put through a TV, but I but I think like the rest of the movie being serious toned is what makes that those crazy kill scenes like actually seem like meaningful in a way. Whereas like when you get to part four and like it's awesome, but like you got Freddy's glove moving through the sand like a shark fin and bullshit, and it's just kind of like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And, and a guy fights Freddy with karate. It's just, it's just a, a much more campier film, like whatever. What's funny is I I like the fucking sand shark. Yeah, <laughs> land shark. Fucking amazing. Like the fa- like his face when he puts on the sunglasses. It's it's for some reason it's nostalgic, but like fucking at the same time it's like why did they? It's such a weird thing to do. <laughs> it's very weird. But like th- this movie too, like just as a horror film, like. It has a lot of atmosphere, and seeing it, you know, on a good Blu-ray quality again, you know, on a 4K TV this time and all that kind of thing, is, um, like, the, the when they go in this graveyard, like, it has good, you know, when they were in the cemetery earlier, even though it was daylight, like, this is, movie just has good horror movie atmosphere, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, and, like, uh, the... the, the the way they end it here is kind of like a classic movie monster almost like kind of a uh, dracula-esque yeah in a big way like these these uh horror movies we grew up with were kind of like uh, we forget how young film still is like we've right. only been making movies for so long like we we look at these like fucking well, we've moved on it's like they're still looking at like fucking the classic movie monsters the stuff they were growing up with uh, when they're looking at kind of the architect archetype for this one baby fucking it's all magical it's all fucking the part of life it's all good shit I agree, and it's it's funny as young as film is is uh, it, I feel like it's on its last legs now. Like it's not going to evolve anymore. 
because mm-hmm. um, I think just being able to do so much more in a, inside of a computer, like actually ended up they they claimed it was going to like unleash all this like anything was possible, all this wild creativity, because it's still super expensive to do all that shit. It, it ends up actually limiting the creativity, you know. Mm-hmm. It is fucking like yeah. Uh... It, it like fucking uh, most people like they fucking they're going to TV series now fucking yeah shit like that very chad though fuck I like TV series too though it's all good it's all good baby oh did you watch the new uh, Beavis and Butthead no not yet I'm interested to hear what you say because we were we were talking about maybe doing that one at some point fucking the, the do the, America do it yeah we have to do that one oh yeah. Yeah, I'm Here. I'm about eighty percent on unboxing all my movies. I just got the final shipment of shelves in that I need, so I'm gonna spend the whole holiday weekend finally getting my shit, the rest of it alphabetized. Fucking shit, alphabetized. Get it? <laughs> That's what the alphas do. So we're at yeah, we're at the scene now where she basically got the doctor dude fucking to agree. Like, oh yeah, we should uh. We should. Oh no, we already passed that. That happened earlier. Basically, like, yeah, we're we're all gonna go to sleep, and we're gonna fucking we're gonna figure out how to fight Freddy. And now they're going back. They're like fucking Freddy. He got Joey. We gotta go. We gotta go say him. Which I like. I was I was thinking about this, and it's just kind of like you know how like in some movies they're like. They're like, we can't go back for so-and-so because then we'll all die just to save one person. Like, I was thinking about that in this one because, like, mm-hmm. a couple more of them are going to die just to save Joey. And it's kind of like, it actually, I mean, I guess you wouldn't have really abolished Freddy. He still would have been alive or whatever. But it's like, they actually, more people died trying to save Joey than if you just let Joey die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, all because Joey basically got pulled into a coom coma. Fucking, he wanted to fucking <laughs> come all over the, the fucking big milkies of that hot space. <laughs> Fred, Freddie literally got him because he was so horny. Exactly. Fucking, fucking his balls fucking grew to the size of fucking grapefruits and shit. And then whenever he carved the note on his, on his chest, he, he, he went right through his nipple. Like, ow. Exactly. Well, so, then, so, like, I hate it when films just repeat shit just to repeat it to save money. But I actually thought this was a good repeat where, like, all of a sudden it's like, oh, the whole thing was just uh, Kristen's dream and she's back in her bedroom and it's a replay of the uh, the scene from, uh, you know, that, that started the movie out. Because I hate to say it, but, like, her mom is like like a, a cougar whore who just brings guys home and bangs them every night. But um, Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's like, and it was Robert England's voice the first time, too, where he's like, Elaine, where's the bourbon? They replay that. But this time it's Freddie that she brought home to have sex with. It's fucking amazing. And this is actually a good effect. As is. Freddie cuts her mom's head off and holds it up. And then her mom's, like, face is like, it's kind of like the effect at uh, Disneyland or whatever on the Haunted Mansion. Oh, yeah. It, it kind of reminded me of that. But, yeah, her, her, her mom's decapitated head is just bitching at her. I always thought that was a standout scene. Well, how did you feel seeing Frederick Krueger in a tuxedo? Because I kind of liked it. Exactly. Fucking, that's how he should fucking show up to all the premieres of these movies. That's what I would have been doing. Yeah. Hey, Chad. Fucking, you imagine how much pussy he would have been getting if he showed up oh. to the Freddy Krueger movie dressed as Freddy Krueger. Exactly. In a tuxedo. It's like whenever you beat Metal Gear Solid twice or something. 
but she's really fucking Stacy. Like this, the fucking uh, the punk rock chick here that was uh, that was uh, addicted to the drugs. Yeah, that, Taryn. Of course, of course, Freddie brings up her drug habit. Yeah, uh, in and, his dream. And when it happens, and I think you know what I'm talking about here. As watching this as a as a ten year old boy, this was uh, the scene that like kind of like introduced me to the grown up world. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's funny too because like this scene is so basic. Like all of a sudden she she you know walks into like this doorway that goes out into this alley, and there's like it's like a seedy alley with a bar at the end of it, and there's like this hobo gets up and walks by, and it turns this into is Freddy. exploited cinema type shit. Yeah, it really is. And uh, clearly this is some backlot shit, but it looks good. Um, I kind of miss it when they would shoot shit on backlots like this. Like, it it had a good atmosphere to it. It's it's clearly pumped full of fog. Oh, no, the bum didn't turn into Freddy. Just Freddy popped out of nowhere. Exactly. The the bum just happened to be there. That was just a lucky surprise for Freddy. It just benefited him. So Freddy and this girl, because she has, like, twin switchblades, they have, like, a knife fight. And I always remember this being this, like, giant action scene, but now when you watch it now, it's, like, literally ten seconds long. It is. I always remember it being more intricate, too. I forgot he just kind of was standing there. Yeah. And then, like, show. you could kind of, you could see uh, uh, whenever he's moving his arms around, you could see up his, like, his sleeves. And you mm-hmm. can see he's not burnt. Oh, yeah, because he's moving, like, two-fifths. So, <laughs> yeah, so then Freddy's, all his fingers turn into... Uh, hypodermic needles and then her arms have these little mouths on it like her track marks like this really grossed me out as a kid but then he he plunges the needles into her arms and it pumps all the drugs in and she basically overdoses like she has a a a prosthetic vein that pops out in her head yeah this scene where he's like oh what a rush like i understood by this point in time when i saw this movie where babies came from but like (laughs) I didn't realize, like, like I had never seen a depiction of what it's like to actually ejaculate until I saw that. And, like, I, I knew you would pick up on this, like, 100% right. We're supposed to read into that, that he actually cummed there, right? Well, I, mean, I never thought that. Are you serious? You're the guy I who comes did. up with coming for everything. And you didn't think he was coming? That. Where he goes, but, oh, and his eyes roll back in his head. He goes, what a rush. Now, now that you say it, it makes sense. But, like, I think that's what people do when they do drugs, too. It is kind of like coming. It is kind of like a shot coming in your But, but he thing. wasn't doing the drugs, though. He was he was releasing his drugs into her. True. He was coming into her little armholes. True. I, I assumed he was mocking her like the mm. fucking asshole he is. Yeah. So, so yeah, this is, this is the perfect thing. So, the kid that's normally in a wheelchair, but now he's walking around... Freddie confronts that, that was him. really hard to like drop the charade and, and, and admit that I really never thought that because yeah. I did kind of want to be like, yeah, of course. I thought you were going to go along with it perfectly. <laughs> and not only that, I thought you would genuinely have thought that. But but this oh, little... did you just make it up as a joke and I, and I, I got all autistic and didn't realize it? No, I, I literally always, my whole life, I thought Freddie was coming oh, okay. in that scene. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so like, I, speaking of Freddie, how sadistic, that's why he's my favorite villain because he can verbally taunt you i always loved this scene it always stuck in my mind where he confronts the kid who's in a wheelchair and he's like have a seat and he like has this wheelchair like keeps trying to run the kid over and the kid's like no i'm fine he's like yeah but when you wake up it's back in the saddle again like i always thought that was like the meanest fucking thing that he told this crippled kid you know this disabled kid this 
it has total bully energy. Like yeah. the thing, like whenever you're at school and you see like the bully picking on a kid, mm-hmm. he comes up and he says something that's actually kind of funny. Like yeah. just the timing of it's kind of funny, but it's like that's mean. But it's like you kind of you kind of chuckle, and then it's just like it adds to it. So like he comes in, and he fucking like, oh hey, the kid that can't walk, and he brings out a big fucking baby seat or whatever it was like an old tiny wheelchair but with like wheelchair, spikes like, oh, and shit on it yeah you forgot your wheelchair and it's like fucking that's that's so, so mean, but, dick but it's so big and comical that it's yeah. kind of like <laughs> i kind of did chuckle because you're you're such an asshole freddy and just the way he says the line too he's like but when you wake up <laughs> kincaid they did him dirty on the poster yeah, like how did I forget? How did they draw Kincaid on the poster? He's just some muscle, like tall white dude. Is he? I never. He's got, he's got a red because they used to make the posters before they even cast the movie. Oh, they that's why they did it. Gave it to somebody and they read the script, which is weird. That's you hilarious. Think they just waited till it. I guess maybe they just wanted him to have as much time as possible to make those. Big posters. Yeah, I, I kept meaning to bring up the poster too. I always, I always love the poster. Of this. Yeah, you're right. Kincaid is like white. I mean, they're really kind of generic because there's also another white guy holding like a like a weapon that's like never in the movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, you're right. It is kind of. But it, it's like Freddy's kind of half face, and then like the talons of his glove, and the Dream Warriors are standing on the talons of his glove. I always thought that was the best poster besides the original one, which is really good, which is Nancy scared in her bed with, like, Freddy's kind of glove over her face. Yeah, it's definitely better than the second. The second poster's pretty forgettable. Like, when you see... Like, the fact that they didn't yeah. use it uh, for the... Like, they just used that promo. Like, I, I got more... Like a nostalgic for the promo shot, but then when mm-hmm. I finally saw the theatrical, the, I was the like, one oh, where okay. the glove is behind the girl's uh, back, where it's it's not terrible, but it's just like it's yeah. uh, way less memorable than the first, especially the first. Like, what is what? Like, I remember the VHS box of the first mm. one, but then when you see the original, like fucking, you see like the weird thing that it's supposed to be Freddy. Like, what the fuck is that? What What is Freddy taking the shape of in that, on that cover? On on the original poster or the VHS art? Uh, on the original poster. Do you ever think that? Like, it, isn't, you, it, isn't it just like his eyes are like floating? Maybe. I, I don't think I ever saw that. <laughs> let, let, let me look it up real quick. I, I always just thought like, what the fuck is that weird clusterfuck that they like did someone just accidentally spill paint there <laughs> yeah know. it's it's um it's nancy like which by the way nancy's naked in her bed they're trying to be provocative with it and it, it does look like heather Langen camp but it's not exactly and it's yeah it's, it's like a skeleton it's like i guess because they don't want to show you yeah. what freddie so it's like his his thing but then in front of it is like a again it's not even his glove it's like a skeleton with like a blade strapped to it Mm-hmm. And then whenever the VHS came out, they just cropped that out because it's like, why even yeah. toy with the idea of showing the killer on the fucking? Because it's like, it, yeah, like it's really more like a ghost image of something with like claw hands, you know. Yeah. But, but yeah, then so, like yeah, the second one's very like, minimal. It, it still works. Though. It's it's yeah. cool, but I know what you mean. Like even when I see it, I'm like, I'm surprised they use this as the poster. And it was very memorable. I remember that seeing that in the lobbies at the theaters. But yeah. Yeah, but, I didn't realize they fucking yeah. 
I almost like for some reason that's one VHS I still own is the part two and the part five mm-hmm. because uh, just uh, part five because the unrated cut and the VHS cover was nostalgic and part two because the VHS cover. Very Chad. Yeah, I need. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't spend like eight hundred bucks to get the originals, but if I ever like maybe when I get everything kind of here like I, I want to put at least one of the original even if it's just one of those mini versions up a reprint version of some kind of Nightmare on Elm Street um, poster but yeah so so this is where we really get into like like before like when they were wandering around the, the, the dream house or whatever the big dilapidated mansion it was kind of just like hallways and singular rooms this is like the first major set we get really here and then, like, I think it's supposed to be, like, some Dante's Inferno type shit, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. And Freddy comes out and fucking, uh, he's looking all fucking danked out. Gonna fucking, uh, see, I just imagined him coming out with his rainbow striped sweater on with a fucking, what if he's got the limp wrist fucking with his glove? That'd <laughs> well, he kind of already does, to be honest with you, but. I would fucking, I would watch that. I but, would um... do a big game. But uh, if you did, you see how he came walking out from behind the boiler, and he was holding like a limp, like um, you know what do you call it, Raggedy Ann doll that he just tossed to the side. I was yeah. going to ask you, was he behind the boiler having sex with that doll before? Because <laughs> like, it kind of implies that the way he lingers out like that. He's jacking off into it. Yeah, like he cut a hole in it or something like that. Here, honey, I use your dolly to catch my nut. He throws it at Nancy. <laughs> yeah, like, like there's something. There is like a weird sexual energy to Freddy, especially on these early ones. Um, I always felt like he was like, you know, like the way he acted towards the uh, the the boys or whatever that he was after. He was always like in a weird way, like, almost just as sexual with him as he was the girls. He was, yeah. And I don't think he, that's an accident. I think that's Robert English's choice, you know what I mean? It's like... Fucking Chad. He fucking, he goes both ways. He he doesn't discriminate the pussy or the cop. Yeah. So here you're seeing a lot of Freddy close up, and it's, like, similar, like, in shape to the, the um... <laughs> the makeup from part two but it's like way different too whereas like part two was more red and smooth like his face is more shredded like cheese on this one we're seeing the the part that uh aaron always says he thinks that he looks just like fucking uh al bundy oh yeah at o'neill and i I can i I can see it every once in a while yeah certain certain like facial things he does no, this is the first version. There's a version two, I think, that's in part four, or maybe later. But yeah, this is the first time we see the chest, the souls, because Nancy skewers him with a pipe, and then she's, and then he just laughs it off, and he pulls the pipe out, and she's like, "Oh God, he's he's more strong," and he rips his uh, rainbow sweater up, as you would say, and he uh, shows like his chest is like has all these little kids' faces in it that are screaming in pain. He's like, "It's the souls of the children that keep me strong." So like that was like. Like more mythology building in in part three here that we like we never knew this before we just thought he was killing just to kill now we realize that the more time goes on the more children he kills I guess that's his motivation for keep on killing killing beyond the original revenge aspect. Um, oh, yeah. 
But uh, it's good mythology, but it gets played on ways. It's like one of those things, like, when they first introduce mythology of the characters, it's cool. But then as you go more and more in sequels, it keeps getting, like, more, like, kind of, you know, worn out, I guess. Exactly. Fucking, we're catching up with uh, the doctor dude and fucking uh, Nancy's dad. Mm-hmm. They're at the great, the junkyard. Fucking, how did they... F- figure out where fucking freddy was buried again he's just in the back of a car in the junkyard yeah so what happened was and i don't know if he, if john saxon was a cop back when they killed freddy because in, in the first night oh, elm street right, movie yes. he was divorced from nancy's mom already but he was a cop he was a police detective i don't know if he's a homicide detective but he's definitely a police detective and I, this this one yeah. he's like an old washed up drunk and he's just a security guard now i did kind of forget that like one thing I like, yeah, I hated like whenever they were re- like making the remake for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, they were like fucking, oh, it's gonna be good because they're gonna, there's so much stuff we didn't know about his origin in the first movie. It's like fucking, dude, we figured out everything we needed to throughout the series, like exactly, fucking, like uh, here they are, they're bringing new stuff here. I'm like, I feel like we learned a lot of stuff about him throughout the series and it works fucking and then like oh yeah now the remake comes out we gotta fucking like do they just want like for some reason it seemed like for a long time the only reason people were like kind of justifying remaking things is just like oh we're gonna have one movie that just has all of the stuff all the best parts together and it's right. like the greatest hits or yeah. something Whereas I think it's better when you tell it over over a course of, uh, you know. Which, exactly. Which yeah. this sequence blew me away, too, because I always liked the old movies that had the stop-motion skeletons. So to do a stop-motion skeleton of, of uh, his corpse, which he's literally just a skeleton with fingers on his, or knives on his fingers, on his bony it's fingers. It's very, very Castlevania. It's, yeah, it's very Ray Harryhausen. But yeah, so basically, you know, when the parents had killed Freddy... John Saxon was the one who collected the bones and he took it to a graveyard and he put it in the trunk of a Cadillac. And it was like, they kind of play it like it's been so many years he might forget where it is, but they eventually find the car and find Freddy's uh, bones and like, they're going to bury it, which again, like a junkyard is not hollow ground. I wouldn't think unless I just don't understand what hollow ground is. And that's a possibility too. But yeah, so he comes to life. He kills John Saxon, stabs him, throws him and he gets impaled on some wreckage shit. Then he slices Greg, uh, Wa- I'm sorry, Craig Wasson, and then he takes the shovel, and it's like some great animation. It's hilarious. He does like a little spin around and hits him with the shovel. It's so funny. It's like it's like he's dancing, and I always love that moment too. Craig Wasson falls in the grave, and then because um, I guess they kind of establish Freddie can't be in the dream world and the real world at the, at the same time. Like you know, he can't possess those scores. Which that would have been a cool movie if just Freddy was making that corpse come alive for like a whole movie and come out of the graveyard and killing people mm-hmm. and then going back. But mm-hmm. uh, that's what he did. He left the dream world to possess his old corpse. But um, yeah, like at the end, like when because he, he's victorious. Don't you love that part where the Freddy skeleton puts his arms up and goes wah? Fucking Chad, he knew how to celebrate. <laughs> he celebrated, and then because Freddy needed to get back into the dream world to kill the dream warriors, it just the bones just collapsed into a pile. 
Like, that's fucking awesome. Like, I know people with plot, you know, holes or whatever, they could sit there and tear it apart and say, well, this doesn't make sense. And, you know, the rules of Freddy don't make sense. But it's just like, are you oh laughing at John Saxon gl- gliding into the dream when, world? When John Saxon just glides in like that mm-hmm. and then does that little face he does. And then the fact that, like, if you've seen the movie, you know that this is Freddy Krueger yeah. fucking with her by I pretending know. to be her dead dad. That's so fucking... He sparked... Because cause what they want you to think the first time you see the movie is that because he died, you think this is his ghost crossing over and he's coming... You know, now he's sober and he's nice and he's like, I gotta go, Nancy, but I just want to tell you one last time I love you. But it's actually Freddy. The, the fact that Freddy like, glided in and sparkled like that. It's like that's such a scum fuck thing yeah. to do. Like, but the fact that it's like it's Freddy, it's just like we can still like him. It, yeah. That's it. Kind of Freddy Krueger really is kind of the Gigi Allen of fucking he movies. He can like he he's like for some reason his likability is irredeemable. It is. So yeah. So because he got close to Nancy, and uh, you know. Pretending to be her dad, he was able just to skewer her right in the stomach with his glove. And uh, but one last gaps, he's about to the stab Patricia Arquette, and then Nancy comes up and grabs him and you know stabs his uh, his uh, glove in, into his own stomach. And then in the real world, Craig Watson is now finally burying him, and it's it's really when he sprays the holy water on Freddy's corpse that Freddy starts getting, like, holes blown in him with, like, light coming out. Which I actually think this is a pretty good ending, in all honesty, compared to, like, how they killed him in previous movies. Yeah, I remember in the documentary, they kind of, like, fucking, they, they kind of, they played it off like, yeah, this is when we really started, like, just, like, we clearly don't give a fuck how we end it. Just end it somewhere. Oh, yeah. the power of God kills them, and then they shrugged. And it's like, right. fucking, I, I get that that's kind of like how they were uh doing it at the time but like mm-hmm. sometimes yeah sometimes it does work like and then the next one like fucking oh she shows him his face and then he dies and so, well i i kind of <laughs> has to see itself i kind of think too in a way with the first two so the first two just nancy isn't scared of him anymore so he has no more fear to feed on so she makes him literally disappear like Obviously, I don't think that would kill Freddy because then he can just go haunt somebody else. But I buy that as an ending for Nancy. And same with Jesse. Like, he's getting possessed by Freddy. So the love, they burn basically Freddy out of his soul. Like, I'll buy that. I think this is the first time Freddy legit died, died, though. Like, I understand he was defeated in other movies. But I took this as his, like, his real death. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. But, it, but it, it, you know, it's, I mean, obviously New Line, they suckered in Wes Craven. But I think whoever wrote that ending of him getting the holy water and shit i think th- i think whoever wrote that meant that to be his like legitimate death and but then the studio is like we got to do the sequel bait because i never remember like how they suckered in west craven saying this would be the last one i never remember at the time there even being a conversation like this could be the last one i remember with freddie's dead that was obviously the whole marty campaign is like oh ooh, look at his look at his tombstone on the poster always oh, dead I, fucking freddie's dead was coming out during a part of my life where i was fucking terrified of horror movies and freddy krueger mm-hmm. and i mean i remember seeing tv spots of like the fucking they had remember the promotion stuff where it just showed his like fucking clothes sitting there yeah and like that would that would creep me out like fucking, really? i remember my uncle had a uh, fucking he basically had the freddy glove and the whole thing every once in a while 
you fucking act like he's going to be tonight. Fucking freak out. Very low T. <laughs> you were very, very low. T. Well, literally, you oh. were low T because you're, you're, you probably hadn't hit puberty because so, I was like, uh, I remember very vividly. I was like a. Uh, I was busting nuts at eight years old, actually. Fun oh, fact. amazing. You were busting <laughs> clear, probably. See, the, it's so weird. Yeah. Like. Now that I know that that's him, the doctor dude. Yeah. Why is he sleeping next to the That's weird that you never, you're like some random person is sleeping in the house. Like, how did you not know it's not the doctor guy? I I assumed it was him, but then I figured that can't be him because why is he sleeping with the house? But I don't get that. So I always assume like, oh, they just needed like, oh, it's just going to cut to another kid in the hospital sleeping in the same room now. But it was just like, fucking, they didn't know who to get, so they just hired somebody look like the did guy. You, did you ever notice, though, that he also has Nancy's dream doll that he saw at her apartment? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So so that's, like, right next to the house. So it's, like, the, the she calls it, uh, they don't go to, like, a big explanation, but she just says, oh, that's my Balinese dream doll. It's supposed to ward off bad dreams. So I think like, that I the know, idea dude. is that if he kind of, like... You know how like those horror movies where they're like, we take the possessed object and we hide it away and it can't hurt anybody. I think it's like that. It's like if he puts the dream doll next to the Freddy Krueger model house, it will like, you know, keep everything good. Yeah. Fucking, I was a dumb kid and a, a dumb adult because I'd never paid attention enough. Maybe it was just one of those things where it's just like, fucking, I didn't care enough to like rewind and like, was that him? But because we probably were talking over, did you get? It's really quick glimpse, but did you get a glimpse of the house? Like it looks, it's just weird. Like it's got Christmas lights on. Like looks like they just took a shot of a house. Like they tacked that indie on and they got a shot of a house from another movie. It's very tacked on, very tight, very weird, very pointless. Because it's like we already we already knew he wasn't really dead. Like you don't literally always have to leave a light on. Yeah. So to speak. Well, well, you know what's really weird is I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure the light that lights up in the little model house, it's not even the light that was Nancy's room. It's like would have been the other bedroom that was the mom's room. <laughs> that's that's really funny now that I think about it. I never really noticed it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah Freddie does just kind of take over Nancy's house. He just fuck, what if he just always wanted to have sex with Nancy? And like, fuck mm. He just now he just paints the walls fucking white. He just goes to that room like fucking the one that got away. Well, well maybe yeah, one day. Remember the scene in the first one where she's talking on the phone and then like the bottom of the phone becomes a mouth and his tongue comes out of it and goes into her mouth and he's mm-hmm. like, "I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy." <laughs> that was literally him coming on to her, yeah. like asking, like putting the feelers out, and she did not feel it. Mm-mm. Fucking, and he went crazy. Yeah. Oh, Greg Cannon worked on this film with some of the effects. Yeah. Ke- Ke- Kruger makeup and effects by Kevin Yeager. So he came back. He just chose, I don't know if the director maybe requested it, uh, old Chuck Russell. But like, yeah, like they just changed the makeup from part two for no reason. That's interesting. For some reason, they always like fucking, oh, now we get to start from a clean slate. Fucking, what are we doing this time? Make a new fucking painting if you will fucking mm-hmm. he, he looked at it like fucking i'm an artist man i gotta fucking i can't just do the same thing again i gotta fucking i gotta do something different he's like i gotta make it look more like pizza exactly <laughs> yeah because there, there was a lot of like obviously there wasn't anything like merchandise or anything with freddy's uh image from the first movie that they really sold 
So, um, and even the original Freddy Galove I got, it's like kind of all broken apart. But if you look at it, it says the the second Elm Street Venture or something. So they didn't really start cranking up the Freddy machine until part two. And then, like, there was, like, a lot of products and a lot of promotional photos of the Part 2 makeup that just floated around for years. Like, they would still use on stuff even, like, when Part 4 had already come out and he looked totally different from that point on. But, um, but yeah, like, it was, just, it was just weird. And then, like, later, like, even later, like, when Part 6 came out, there was tons of shit they were selling that had Part 4. I remember there was Freddy Krueger bubblegum. It came in, like, this little tube. And it had like a twist off cap, and on the twist up cap was a little flat surface where they put little. I collected them all. I wish I still had them, but uh, maybe I do somewhere. I don't know. But they had little images of stickers, and you just would open up, and it was just little tiny like runts like candy that was like bubble gum or something. But there was all kinds of shit, and I never had it because I was older by the time it came out. But there's like that little shitty like Freddy Krueger doll. Remember that thing came out? Exactly. Fucking anytime you go to a fucking horror convention, you will see at least three of those and nobody will buy it. Did you ever see? I can't remember what the name <laughs> of the toy line is, but there was one that was like Max Action or something else. Like it was something weird, like like some random name. And like the doll was like a like it looked like almost like a Ken doll, but it had it had um it had uh like accessories that you would put onto it. And I found it at a big lots. And I was just older, and I thought it was weird. I didn't care. I, I wish now I would have made my mom buy it. But it was a Freddy Krueger dress-up doll. And it wasn't like Nightmare on Elm Street. It was like whatever that toy line was. And they just, like, option. And so it was like you made this doll in a Freddy Krueger. Like, you put the little sweater on. You, like, you put, like, a mask that fit over the little doll's mask. And you put a glove on. And I remember on the back of the box, I'm sure I'm sure this toy is probably worth a fucking fortune if somebody has it out there. Um on the back of the box, I don't know if they actually ever made it or not, because this Freddy one was the only one I saw. But the back of the box, they had a, a picture of another version of this doll that you could buy, where you could you could like cl- uh, click these little plastic pieces on them that made him the alien from the movie Alien. But uh, that pro- I, I'd rather have that toy, the little weird dress-up toy, than like that shitty other Freddy Krueger doll. You know what I mean? Did you ever get a sharp hand, Joe? No. What What is that? Like the real gloves? I don't. I don't know if Sharphead Joe is a real thing or if it's just a meme. It's basically mm. like it says Sharphead Joe, and it's basically it's, it's like Freddy Krueger, but it's supposed to be like the knockoff. Oh, like a fake one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's got a red and white striped shirt. I'm, I'm trying. You know, I'm trying to think of all the, the the and I know there's a lot of them out now. Of all the uh, oh, I see the T-shirt Sharphead Joe. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, there's like a picture of like a shitty knockoff like toy where he has a red and white striped shirt instead of Freddy. Yeah, it's it's probably just like a meme. Somebody probably just took a picture of a toy that looked like it or something yeah. and put sharp edge. It's actually really funny. But um, yeah, I lost my train of thought there. But yeah, I don't know if I actually ever owned a Freddy Krueger doll. Out of, that's really weird. Out of all the ones we, I, I want to get one of the ones now. They have like necker or something, or maybe, I don't know. I want to get one that has like the real like cloth sweater on it. That would be cool. Oh yeah. Why don't they sell fucking literal sweaters that look like that? That I just want they, to fucking. They did like sweater. they used to sell them at Hot Topic, and then later Halloween stores. I had one, and I used I to actually a like, literal weird. fucking Christmas sweater made to look like it though. I don't want like this acrylic fucking uh, yeah, shit had, they try to give you. I had that shitty like cheap acrylic one. Like I don't. I, what do you mean? Like you want an actual Christmas sweater? Like fucking that would be Chad. Like a, a real knitted one. Oh, you mean Chad. like like a grandma hand knitted style? 
It doesn't have to be an old woman. Fucking, I will settle for uh, any uh, anybody else's labor. Yeah. Small Indonesian uh, children. I, I just don't know why they. Uh, it seems like maybe uh, there's a patent to have, like, because you can get all kinds of striped sweaters, but it's never those two colors. It's almost no. like it's almost like somebody will slap you with a lawsuit or something if you. Uh... Yeah, if I ever find that making of book, I'd, I have to read how they made it. But I know, I know, um, it is supposed to be kind of like a Christmas sweater, and uh, there's something, some research, some psychological research, supposedly. Where um, uh, Wes Craven said that um, like the most like un- unnerving or something combination of colors is red and green, and that's why they pick Freddy. But it, like from all the Fangoria pictures from the first movie, and even when I watched the movie, like finally there's a few shots where I can see it. But you know, back in the days of VHS and shit, I always thought his sweater was red and black at first from the first movie. It wasn't until part two where I could like very clearly see it was red and green. Did you ever have that where you thought it was red and black? Uh, fucking, I, I don't know, but I, I I've noticed that they do sell red and black striped shirts, and I've uh, thought about settling for that since it kind of does. Yeah, resemble. I think I actually in a weird way would rather have that, but mm. yeah. So I don't know, like I'm I'm borderline because like usually like whenever I we watch these old movies I like, you know, um, whatever spill my guts and I tell every little detail of like you know my history with the film or whatever. So um, I have I have a, have a very unnerving experience about uh, what I witnessed on the way to go see this movie. Do you think I should tell it? Oh, goodness. I'm intrigued, baby. I'm I'll, intrigued. I'll leave it up to you, yay or nay. Do you want to hear this or not? Fucking, I am already okay. uh, fucking hard as a rock. Uh, literally, this is what this story almost entails. So um, anyway, like this is going to make it sound like a, a, a made-up story or whatever, but it's, it's not. So I grew up uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio on Prosperity Place, which was uh, right off of Glenway Avenue, which is where uh, the Covedale Theater... Uh, my favorite movie theater, and now it's currently Codale Center Performing Arts. It hasn't been a movie theater since, like, I think the late 90s, maybe very early 2000s. Um, it opened in 1947. It was originally a 924-seat nine, uh, movie house, and by the time I was born, I think it was, like, two years before I was born, they did that thing where they did with all old neighborhood theaters where they took a big one-screen theater and they cut it down the middle and they made it two screens. So, like, mm-hmm. this was my... And it was in walking distance of my house. But we never walked to it, like, ever. Like, there's only one time, and that, that's this story, that we ever walked to it. And it was probably... We lived pretty much down the street, I would say. To get to the theater, it was maybe... It probably wasn't a full mile, but it was probably close to a mile walk. We just went up the street, we turned left, and up around the corner there were some smaller buildings. I remember there was a bank and a something else... Um, there was like a skateboard shop, I think, there for a while. But there's like a couple little businesses and like, um, like a like just just like a little pool and parking lot, like very small. Uh, Zach probably fit twelve cars. So and I and I don't know why we chose this time. It was just me and my dad. We went to see this movie, and I don't know why we chose to walk up there because this was in February. Maybe there was something wrong with the car, or just I don't know. It's the only time we ever walked there. So we walked up there. We're walking past the parking lot to the bank and like a couple uh, doors down was the movie theater. Um, 
so as we're walking past the parking lot, and I want to say there was like a, like a, maybe a bar or something like kind of nearby, but my, my memory's fuzzy on that, but that's what I always thought. But anyway, we're walking, we're like, we're like 80% of the way to the theater. We're just walking and that parking lot. It had like, it was like one of those things. It wasn't a gate, but it was like the corners of it had like very small concrete, like, um, I don't know, like a front part of the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And like you would have to drive like in between the things or whatever. Like I, I don't know what it was for. I guess, I guess it was just so to keep you from driving off the curve, like going down the the little like slope part. So we drop by and like this little like the, I don't know what we call it. The, the, not a fence, but this little concrete wall. It was only maybe about three foot high, Zach. So if like if a grown man were to be standing behind it, it would only cut off to about his knees. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. so we're walking up there i'm walking with my dad and we did i don't think we talked we definitely didn't say anything right there but maybe we talked about it later but i just remember walking with my dad i was like 10 years old or close or actually no i wasn't even 10 years old. i was nine i would have been 10 in a few months so we're walking by we turn to the left there's two guys and even as a kid i could tell they're they're pissed drunk and they're they're both standing behind the wall. One guy is actually like facing away from the wall, and he's just like p- pissing on the ground. Like I just see like his back. The other guy is facing is standing behind the wall, facing straight out to the street, straight out to the sidewalk. We're walking on the sidewalk, maybe ten feet away, maybe at the most twelve feet away. And this guy's just standing in full puddle of view, pissing with his dick out. I just like as a kid, you just don't expect to see that in public, no less. <laughs> <laughs> and I just turn and left, and I see these two guys, and I just see this guy's fucking giant hog, like, standing out there. And I was just like, what the fuck? And we just, we went and saw the movie, and then we walked back, and obviously they were long gone by then. But it it was, it was like, I don't want to say it was traumatizing, because I never felt, like, scared or weirded. But it was, like, startling, like, just walking, and I turned and looked. And, like, I was never expecting to say that. Because, like, as you walked by the, the little bank or whatever it was there, <laughs> like, it wasn't like you could see it from around the corner. It was, like, it wasn't until right when you got up on it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, what fucking... What fucking what, what what happened? Did you did you fucking did you compliment him? Did you fucking say it? <laughs> I like I was like very like alarmed, but like I wasn't Shocker. worried about it because I mean they weren't threatening anyway. And plus I was with my dad who was like a giant. My dad was like six foot four, probably about three hundred thirty pounds. So I mean like nobody would ever mess with my dad. What if what if you were still in that age where it's like my dad could be up your dad? What if you're just like dad? <laughs> his dick is big. Pop your dick. Show him. Show it him was your like. Like I like I like I hate to say like that the the guy is like the the image was burned in my head, but he, like it kind of is because it was just it was literally my whole life, and I've seen some fucked up shit. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think I've seen anything like that startling where you just kind of like come around a corner or you walk so straight. And I just never remember seeing all the the urine just flying out all over. <laughs> How was the cut? How was the cut? <laughs> It, I it, if I remember right, I think it was like it, it was kind of like a loose circumcision. To be honest with you, it's a loose circumcision, the yeah. loose circumcision division. I knew they'd be behind the shit like that. It was so yeah, up at forty nine ninety Glenway Avenue. And what's what's funny is because I remember so vividly that um. That, uh, what do you call it? That, that, that little wall that was there. And I'm looking at the Google Street Map. I mean, this was in 1987 when I would, when we walked by there. So it's like, you know, everything's changed now. 
but um yeah like i'm i'm looking and like it's still the building now it looks like it's a dental practice or something else but like i remember the parking lot there and like yeah i'm looking at a google maps the 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 area it's one of those things where like for years i obviously forgot about it and then it's like yeah, there's like a little coffee house on the on the on the end of the thing. I think that was the bar at the time. Now it's refugee coffee, but at the time, yeah. But you I think that would... parking lot is gone. Like there's like a grass field next to it. But I don't know. Uh, but it just was it was one of the most startling things that ever happened to me. Like, you know, we were fucking Jordan Peele's uh redo of uh, Twilight Zone fucking failed and that's a good thing because we need to, that would make an interesting Twilight Zone you think episode so? if if like if like as you were looking right now, like at, at the place on Google Maps, you saw the same guy standing there with his cock, oh my like, God. holding it the same that way. Would, that would that would be so amazing. No, so, I, like I'm I'm looking at it now. Like yeah, like I actually see it now. I was looking at the wrong address. I went down the Google Street a little bit more. Yeah, I'm seeing it now. It's uh, the little. He's standing wall- there, all right. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> The, 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 I thought you were gonna say that, but to freak me out. Yeah, no, that that would be amazing. That that would be like a Freddy Krueger actually exists type storyline. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'll I'll never forget that man. But I'm I'm looking at it now. It's uh, there's like a a little um like a like a see through wrought iron fence. But I remember clearly at the time it was more like a little concrete wall, and like fucking big concrete cock yeah like i like i don't remember at all like i'm i'm sure i would have been smart enough not to say anything like like right when it happened and like i like i would assume my dad had have seen it but he just kept walking to like you know because it's like if something like that happens you're just gonna walk to get past it type thing but i don't remember saying anything to my dad at all i think i was just like by the time we got down the street a little bit to get to the covedale um I probably was just excited to see a movie, and I probably didn't even care that I just saw a grown man pissing all over the fucking street like a bum. You know what I mean? Fucking hell, yeah! The crazy shit that we we remember as kids. I know, and like when I lived in Los Angeles, there was actually homeless guys that would just stand all day on the corners with their dicks out, like for real. Um, mm. But that wasn't shocking because I was like whatever I was, like twenty seven, twenty eight years old. But at, at nine years old. You're on your way to see the latest cinematic Frederick Krueger adventure. And if you, homeless people literally just started walking around, dicks hanging, yeah. pissing as they walk, you <laughs> yeah. think we'd fucking, you think we'd uh, figure something out? You'd be like, fucking, maybe we gotta we gotta clean this shit up. Yeah, fucking, we'll just give them a house. I don't know. Let's do something. Yeah, I would rather <laughs> be like buy them a small house than have to see them piss all the time. <laughs> that would be that would fucking. There would be some freedom in it, though. Fucking just walk yeah. dick hanging, pissing yeah. as you walk. We've, I don't like, know if like ever probably done everybody's that. done listening to this by now after 10 minutes of piss talk in, in public. <laughs> uh, but I we, was, I was going to. I was gonna say though, fucking, oh, I, I came up with that good idea for the fucking the bringing back fucking Freddy Frederick Krueger and mm-hmm. making him a gay icon. Yeah. But then I realized, like fucking. They they would either have to get rid of him being a, a pedophile because like that's fucking yeah. that's like shit that they they tried to they tried to say about the all uh, the fucking they tried to smear him but then I realized like fucking they they still do that fucking Marley Taylor, Marjorie Taylor Green fucking yeah. we're all pedophiles now Tom Hanks. all pedophiles if Tom Hanks isn't say Frederick Krueger 
He's, getting, he's getting an accusation. We should just hire Tom Hanks to play him. You you know what's weird? Because I was thinking of like shit to say. I totally didn't even read any trivia from this movie, but but it don't matter. This episode was filled up with so much weird talk anyway. But I was thinking like, who would you get if you had a like like not like a shitty remake, but if you had to try and like really like pick up and do an actual Nightmare on Elm Street eight now, and you couldn't get Robert England. I meant to ask you this during the movie. Who would you pick? Because I, because I like, if he would be willing to do it, I think Jim Carrey would be fucking awesome. <laughs> fucking rubber face himself. Yeah, one of the greatest. Like, key think about it. Motion pictures. And I wouldn't want him to do like an Ace Ventura, Freddy Krueger. Like, I would want him to actually act like Freddy Krueger, but then contort his face and all kinds of weird, like expressions. Like, because I feel like this one, mm. like I said, like I really like the Robert England performance. Where like he the way he was delivering the lines and he was being like not just over the top but also over the top and menacing at the same time. I would love to see Jim Carrey do that. That would be interesting to see. Yeah, that yeah. would be. Well, I can't even imagine it. Fucking, I, I <laughs> fucking, I would be interested to see it though. Yeah, because there's like a lot of body language in this one where he kind of saunters out, and I could see like Jim Carrey doing that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Fucking, we need it to happen, Jim Carrey. Fucking, that's the only person I would accept as a replacement for Robert England. Would, would, would that would that be the only thing that would? Uh, <laughs> by the way, I'm laughing because I started playing the social features and they show one of the writers, Bruce Wagner. He's he's a guy with a shaved head. He's got like four inches of hair coming out of the sides of his ears. He looks like a werewolf. It's crazy. What a king. Yeah, you got to check out these special features. But I was gonna say, would Freddy Krueger be the one role that would get Jim Carrey back? Like how he keeps threatening to retire now. Fucking, that would uh, basically put him on the fucking map. That would put him on the fucking map. Like that would just start his fucking career. Like uh, he would have a big renaissance. It'd be like, remember when fucking that kid? He was only known for being like in Truman Show and these low T fucking uh, pseudo Kino films, like fucking, yeah. uh, you know, number twenty three and whatever. Exactly, fucking. I can't believe this guy didn't realize that. That I mean, he had to see it in the mirror every day that this giant hair was sticking out of his ears. It's insane. But um, but yeah, like I guess we should address that since we're doing this commentary in the year of our Lord 2022. As recently, Jason Blum said, "I don't know how I'm going to do it, but if I could, I would like to bring Freddy Krueger back." And it's just like, don't you think Jason Blumhouse would just do like? Like just the cheapest and shittiest Freddy Krueger movie possible. He would, yeah. That was so funny. Like, why, why, why are people writing about that? I don't know. It's weird. Fucking, he would. It would just be like he would hire just like the cheapest guy to fucking write it. Yeah. They would probably like. <laughs> it would be. It would. It would literally be like a nineteen-year-old fucking college student who's took in like half a semester of creative writing in college and Jason Blum would get him to write it. And like, it would literally be like, I don't Let know. Let me guess. Let me guess. It takes place after the original. It doesn't acknowledge two or three. Yeah, ex- no, no. Why would it? Why would it? So Nancy's back and he's coming, he's coming back and uh, he, he breaks out of the mental institute. And, and Jason Blumhouse would uh, make the excuse, well, part two broke the rules of him coming into the real world, so we have to write that out of continuity. But in reality, it would just be that they were too lazy and they only wanted to watch just the original film before they started ripping off or whatever. That, 
That'd be so funny if they were so lazy that they fucking wrote it in that Freddy Krueger breaks out of them and listen to <laughs> Like, they don't even care enough to rewatch the nightmare. It's like, oh, do what Michael Myers did. Fuck it. He was in a mental institution or something. That'd be amazing. Yeah, like, they always talked about it for years. I think even after Freddy vs. Jason, uh, England kept talking about um, they could do, like, showing him when he was alive basically do the pilot episode of freddy nightmares over and over you know over again and do it as like an actual real film and like i actually kind of would like that like obviously he's way too old to do it now but like i actually kind of would like seeing a whole movie of freddy krueger being the um like the child killer when he was just mortal you know what i mean Mm-hmm. fucking you get all the censorship yeah like i think i think you know, especially because, you know, like, like we were kids when these original films came out. I don't know, were you even born yet when the first one came out, 84? Fucking, I, I was not. I was yeah, not. like, you weren't even born yet, so, but I mean, you, like, you grew up in the era of Freddy Krueger, like, we're all grown-ups now. I think if you really wanted to scare the original audience and not just do that cheesy shit where, like, oh, we made a Freddy Krueger movie for the teens of the day, if, like you actually wanted to make it geared towards the original audience, I think the only way you could actually make it, like, legit creepy and scary for people of our ages is, like, to actually show him, like, fucking leading kids into the boiler room and shit. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Fucking creepy shit. Fucking, he basically just plays it like, uh, like Kevin Bacon did in that fucking movie where he played a pedophile. The Woodsman? The Woodsman, yeah. Yeah. But in that in that movie, Kevin Bacon was at least uh, sorry about what he did. Like Freddy Krueger was never sorry. Exactly. That that is kind of one of the the more sinister things about Freddy's. They never asked you to feel sorry for him throughout the series, yeah. <laughs> unless you're unless you're talking about the remake where they kind of do and then say never mind. Yeah. Like maybe he was he was innocent. Never mind. Yeah, like, I mean, we don't need to open up the cans of worms about the remake, but it's just like, like, there there was a way to have done that movie with the premise they had good, but just their whole approach was uh, not, it it just didn't add up to much, I guess you could say. But yeah, I could really sit here, like, we're past the two-hour mark for a 96-minute movie, so we clearly espouse, it was was probably that 15 minutes of a pee talk in public. But uh, there's so much more, and obviously we'll continue this. We'll, we'll probably wait a year or so, and uh, I would like to continue covering the franchise. Uh, I apologize to the listeners if you happen to be Freddy Krueger fans as much as like I am. Uh, we we went too many years without covering. I think it's been probably five years since we did part two. So it's good to be back in the saddle again, fucker. <laughs> no, that's that's actually like the Freddy's dead voice there. Exactly. We should have tried to do the whole thing in that high pitch voice and oh, then God. pitch shift it in post production. One of us be uh, Freddy and the other be uh, uh, Kincaid. Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes. That would have been very concrete. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's actually more I could say, um, especially about the sequels, but I guess we could just wait till the So yeah, so. This is my favorite film. I always mean to ask people that. Um, I know Trev, Friday 13th is his favorite horror franchise. What's your favorite uh, horror franchise? Fudge me, baby. Fudge me. Fucking. There's, there's so many. Like, fucking. Uh, I, yeah, I used to actually say Freddy, probably. Yeah. Uh, 
that's my favorite definitely my favorite slasher yeah like but like whenever whenever people ask like favorite movies like i always gotta say evil dead it's so fucking so that comes to mind too just yeah. fucking hold you because i like all of them but like oddly enough the second one's my least favorite evil dead movie really it is i don't know why yeah i, I, I actually do appreciate the first more serious one a lot more than most people do Mm-hmm. oh yeah it's all good see i was fucking i i wish that uh ashford's evil dead lasted longer than it did oh i did too i mean I guess three seasons is a good run, you know what I mean? It is, But, yeah, but it's, it like, at the same time, I know exactly what... Like, I haven't even... I've actually only watched season one. I own them all. But, um, but yeah, I'm kind of slowly waiting. Like, whenever I don't have, like, a streaming show going, I just dig out the Blu-rays and we watch them. But, um... Season but, yeah. two is really fun, yeah. Yeah. I love the girl on that show, uh, Dana and DiLorenzo, I think. Mm-hmm. She was awesome. Like, actually, I really like Pedro too, the guy who plays Pedro. Like, wh- like when I first started, I was very hesitant to even ever watch that show because I was like, "Oh, now Ash has like these terrible new young sidekicks." And then mm-hmm. I end up watching the show, and I'm like, "I actually really like all three char- main characters." You know, mm-hmm. it's good shit. It it's good, good shit. It died before its time, but that's what happens when you can only get it on stars. You know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. going to have much of a chance to get a wide audience i have to say that's one thing too is i'm glad that uh well i guess that's not true i guess technically there's freddy's nightmares but i'm talking about the the more recent era i'm glad nobody ever did like a straight to streaming nightmare on elm street or nightmare on elm street series or whatever i'm glad it's still mostly just a movie property yeah fucking uh yeah probably the fact that freddy's nightmares existed probably fucking if, if that never happened they probably that probably would have been one of the first they probably would have went to that before they went to like friday the 13th which yeah. they went to and still hasn't happened yet yeah i agree yeah. so i well, guess that, that probably might not have happened because of all that legal shit too yeah exactly Forgot about that so i guess we're gonna let it go here uh zach like don't forget to say donk at the end i had to edit in an older donk at the end for the last episode <laughs> chad I, I thought i did say it I, maybe I just screwed up and stopped recording before you were able to say it. So yeah, and and now I just publicly outed the fact that it was a fake dunk that I added in. Fucking, it was real in our hearts. In our hearts, it was very real. But I, I got to say, I really like. I had a, like a lot of because uh, we're recording this maybe just a week after recording the Sino Man episode. I really had a lot of Poly Shore hangover where like i was obsessed with Polly shore all week watching stuff <laughs> and uh i'm serious <laughs> and like his voice i couldn't get out of my head so like i really thought I was, it was gonna be hard doing this episode and not talk about Polly shore but now i'm already feeling it where like our next episode i feel like i just want to talk about freddy krueger some more like you just i can't stop talking about him he's magnetic what can you say exactly i heard he's got like an 18 inch cock well, did you see the size of the... Which, by the way, that was another thing. How they're always trying to say that the, the Elm Street series has gay subtext. I remember people always saying that the giant Freddy snake looked like a giant penis. And I never saw that either. Like, to me, it just looked like a giant snake. Apparently, they originally intended it to be like a penis. Apparently, oh, okay. apparently, if you look at the original uh, uh, publicity pictures where he's like... He just got her in his mouth. Mm-hmm. 
Like apparently they were like that looks too much like a penis. Like yeah. But he was surprised because it's like weren't we saying that that's what we wanted to look at? Is like yeah, but like it, it looks too. So they they put him they they basically told him like fucking just put a bunch of green slime on it. So that's why in the movie it's like hard to tell. Yeah, they're they're, they're like yeah we wanted to make a giant eighteen foot long penis. But then when it came time to actually unveil it to the world and we were taking heat for it, then we wanted to say it was a snake. <laughs> exactly. Very low to you. So, yeah. So thank you so much for uh, joining us on, you know, another episode of uh, Frederick Krueger's unfortunate series of events film franchise. We'll pick it up. Uh, <laughs> we'll pick it up again at a later date because we can't get enough of this burnt, smelly violent pedophile character (laughs) (laughs) but until then we'll catch you back here next time in the movie graveyard dog once again foolish friends freddy krueger is on your phone dial this number now i've got some tales to tell freddy's favorite bedtime stories (laughs) dead time stories all brand new straight from my boiler room to your home it's freddy krueger on your phone so dial this number now if you dare tell him freddy sent you two dollars the first minute 45 cents each additional minute children get your parents permission before you dial